Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL Anelson expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Um, I want to say something right off the top. I apologize about being 50 minutes. Let's just round up to an hour late to today's show. Um, for those of you who are new... Uh, this is a twice-a-week Islanders podcast that takes place every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At least that's the goal. Today we are running late. As you know, today is our 2022 NHL draft preview for the Islanders. Who should they be looking at? What are guys that could slip to us? Strengths, weaknesses. So when draft day comes around and we're doing it live, you guys are aware and you're knowledgeable on who's out there and who the Islanders should be targeting. If you're new to the channel really quickly, Grumpy, make sure you do a few things. And if you like the content right, leave a thumbs up. That lets us know you like and enjoy this content. Also, make sure you stick around a while. Subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. We're going to have our guests that are going to be being rolled out here after the NHL draft. We're going to get our guest schedule all lined up for the summer, Grump. Um, first of all, you said if you're new, it should would here's the thing for people who've been here for a while, it's no surprise that we're running late. That's a TJ, it's like known as eight o'clock TJ time, which means it's not eight o'clock, it's always later than that. But if you do hit the notification to get notified, you'll know exactly when it comes on. Let's just say order eight o'clock is kind of ballpark. Now, one thing I know today is a draft preview, but I thought the draft preview show should be on Wednesday. There's good because the draft is Thursday. So I don't know what we're going to talk about on Wednesday. We're also going to talk. There is a lot to cover with these draft prospects. Grumpy. This is think about it. There are so many guys that could slip. There are so many guys that are raising up the boards. There are so many players to cover. We're not going to be able to cover every single one of them and just your traditional quick, you know, two-hour-long podcast, three-hour-long podcast when we're going through. We're not going to have enough chance and time to cover it, so we need to make sure we provided two different podcast dates to make sure that we're able to run through and get a full the full gambit, grumpy old man, of these prospects. Okay. That's it. Okay. I'm not going to argue. I, I can't. I you know it's too early for me to get into some type of argument with you. Okay. 
Oh, good gracious, good gracious. Um, before we jump into the uh, the 2022 NHL draft prospects, um, I, I want to mention a few items that have been happening out there in the Islanders community, Grumpy. Um, you know, well, this is not necessarily Islanders community related. You may have seen the news floating around that Tampa has been making some moves this offseason. They re-signed back Nick Paul to a seven-year deal and Ryan McDonough, a guy who had now grumpy. You said it was a full no trade clause. Is that correct? And this was reported by Elliot Friedman. Um, you know he knows what he's talking about, right? It's not. It's not a fly by night, completely speculation based website, right? And it says uh, Friedman says according to multiple sources, the Lightning are working with Ryan McDonough to see if there's another team he'd consider a trade to. It's a very very hard thing to do for Tampa, for even to them to think about. He's a tremendous player. Um, and it's hugely popular with teammates. Uh, but the long story short is they want to keep Palat and Paul. They've supposedly already signed Paul back, but they want to keep Palat, and that means they're going to have to move McDonough. Here's the thing that I find funny. Well, go ahead and mention really quickly one of the one of the teams that could possibly be a fit for well, a guy like Ryan McDonough Grump. Of course, certain websites, whenever they uh, see something like this, the Islanders are automatically a fit. Just throw him with Noah Dobson. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if anyone watched the Stanley Cup finals, but Ryan McDonough was a liability out there. He was just, cashed. He just can't skate like he used to. Can't get those. And what's he, 34, 35 years old now? No, no, no. Grumpy. He, oh, yeah. He's 33. Oh, he, he's only 33. My mistake. Okay. Here's the thing he's got four more years on his deal. He's not going to be getting better. He's going to be getting worse. Do you, and the whole thing is, I mean, he makes like $6.75 million a year. Yes. Is that what you want to add to your back line? To me, it's not. No, for right. But here's the thing. Anytime, you know, they just have to throw something at the wall. Whoever has to throw these things. Oh, they got to be a great fit with Noah Dobson. No, no, no. The great fit with Noah Dobson is Adam Pellick. Then you get another puck mover to put with Ryan Pulak. That's the fit. That's the fit, yeah. not where, hey, let's find some piece of shit to put with Noah Dobson so he's got to cover his area too. Didn't we see enough of that last year? And here's the thing. I'm not saying that Ryan McDonough is a terrible player. I'm just saying watch him against Colorado. We can't keep up anymore. Exactly. That that was a noticeable item. We were talking about every single game. He looks completely cashed. He's finished from what he used to be prior in his career. What what does Tampa do, right? They notice a guy who has, and you're right, Grumpy, Ryan McDonough has a full no trade clause through the end of 2024. No so, move clause. No move clause. Sorry, a full no, it's a full no trade clause. I'm looking at it right now. He's got a full no trade clause for next year as well. So, right, they, they, they can't trade in this offseason unless he completely agrees to it, but a full no-trade clause. And what are they doing, Grumpy? They notice the play of Ryan McDonough starts to slip. They need to go ahead and have enough cap space in order to make sure they don't let Palat go to free agency. And what are they doing, Grumpy? They're being proactive. They're like, you know what? I know we love Ryan McDonough, beloved member of this team, assistant captain, rock, you know, leadership guy in the dressing room everyone loves him but you know what they do what's best for the hockey team going forward they say let's try to convince a guy who's got a note a full no trade clause let's try to convince him you know what we have to move you 
Where, what can we do to make it work? And that's what I find it laughable. And you're one of those people that I laugh at who always say, well, he's got this. He's got this. He's impossible to move. No one is impossible to move. It just depends on how motivated you are to get it done. That's why I keep on saying Anders Lee is not, everyone says Anders Lee's unmovable. Why is Anders Lee unmovable? He's not. You just have to make it that he wants to leave. That's all you have to do. Grumpy, you didn't even tell me you were. Were you trying to draw comparisons to Anders Lee's full no trade clause, Grumpy? Yes, I was. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm sorry, McDonough has two years left of the full no trade clause. Anders Lee only has one year left of that. But yeah, you're right, Grumpy. McDonough looked finished in the play in the, in the playoffs. He for certain did. He makes right six point seven five million a year. That's really close to Anders Lee's seven million dollar average cap hit. And he's got a full no trade clause as well. I'm not saying, you know, you can argue and 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 you know debate. Okay, who's more valuable at this stage in their okay. career? Ryan McDonough, is, McDonough okay. Ryan McDonough is more valuable than Anders Lee. Period. He is. I thought McDonough looked hideous. I thought McDonough looked atrocious. I thought McDonough looked like a guy who should be on a team that barely scratches their way into the playoffs for the next two years, and then for the remainder of his contract, he's on a team that's one of the worst in the NHL. That's kind of the trajectory I saw McDonough on. Think about how quickly he fell off. It wasn't like it's a gradual. He fell off the freaking planet, dude. Against Colorado, he looked like one of the worst defensemen out there on the ice for Tampa. A complete different level. Couldn't hold a cup of water to the Sergachevs, to the Headmans, to anybody out there that's one of the main core pieces of their defense couldn't hold a cup of water to him i'm just saying that he looked that way i don't think he's as bad as he looked against colorado colorado they everyone on the team can skate everyone and that exposes didn't look like that so, neither did headman no, <laughs> headman looked a little slow at times Majority of the defensemen didn't look slow and old and look like holy crap i'm moving in suspended animation the thing that bothered me about mcdonough was in turning the puck over did that too. Because yeah. he did that under pressure. He got a lot of pressure on Sergachev wasn't great. Here's the thing. Colorado just had too much team speed for Tampa at that point where McDonough was playing way too many minutes. Sergachev had been, they were playing way too many. That's main, main, point, main point. Yeah. Yeah. Main point. He's better than Anders Lee. And would he help this team in the short run? He would. But again, my big point is, Everyone who says it's impossible to move Anders Lee, impossible, no way it can ever be bullshit. Sorry, he can absolutely be moved. It just if you get creative enough, if you talk to him, if you may, if you impress upon him, we want to move on from you. Those are the type of things you have to do, and I mean, it can be done. I just uh, there's nothing that can't be done. There's not one thing. Scott Gomez could never have been traded that contract. It got moved. All contracts get moved. They they can all get moved. It's just if you're creative enough and if your GM is creative enough. That's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. I just I just love it when other teams are able to do these things that Islander fans have been telling me forever. It's impossible. You could never move this guy. Never could we move Andrews Lee. No one would ever take that contract. No, I'm sorry. If you can make things like that work, you just have to trade them to the right team. And you have to get his say-so. But there's ways to do that. There are absolutely ways to do it. There's no way, you know, unless somebody has a $100 million contract for the next 10 years, maybe that's unmovable in a cap where it's $85 million. Maybe. But for Anders Lee, 
Absolutely, he can be moved. It's just, and I've been talking about it for two years, move his ass. I don't care what you do. Talk him out of it. Put him on long-term injury. Bench, send him to the minors. Make him want to leave if you have to. I don't I care. You've even said before, galooly him, right, Grumpy? Galooly him. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> Good gracious. I'm just saying, you know, all kidding aside, that you can move him if you want to. And what does that do? It frees up cap space for the Islanders going forward. That, that's the worst contract they have up to. It's, it's one of the worst contracts we've got on this on this team, um, for certain is. Um, there were two more items I want to speak about. Um, I think Alan, I think it was Alan Goldberg. I saw your comments, Alan, on YouTube, and I wanted to address it too. Um, he said, you know, maybe we don't give this fair coverage, Grump, but we don't talk too much about Matt Barzal and the production increase we're going to need from him this next year in order to drive this team forward. We talked about players who have performed poorly this last year. And I, I'll be honest with you, I do feel like we give Matt Barzal a lot more rope than we do other players on this team. True. I agree. We do give him more rope. You want to know why? He's the most talented player on the team who was shackled in a system that totally doesn't fit what he does. And the previous head coach went out of his way, to, I think, to punish him for not staying within the system. Matt Barzell is an offensive dynamo. Is he a top five player in the league? No. Is he top 10? If you let him do his thing, I think he is. He's by far the best, most talented player on this team. He's the most skilled, the most creative. He's got, you know, the most hockey. He's got the most offensive acumen on the ice. I mean, with creativity, nobody holds a cup of water to him. The guy really is talented. And I think that's why I'm willing to overlook a year of poor play when I think to myself, right? I wouldn't even say Matt Barzal played poorly in 20 in 2020 2021 season because he had leo komaroff as his left winger for the majority of the season and into the playoffs he was playing with a guy who's not good enough to even suit up in the nhl he was playing on the first line with him okay that's right see okay so why isn't matt barzell producing because he's out there by himself there's a reason why we call him maddie and the jags or he's the leader of the helicopter line that has no wings right look at anders lee Absolutely does not fit the playing style of Matt Barzell. And Barry Trotz just flat out simply refused to take him off of that line, Anders Lee. Just refused till the end of last year because he had nothing to lose, right? But when was when was Matt Barzell his best? Anthony Bavillier, a hard skating, hard changing, uh, charging winger, and Jordan Eberle, another uh, a sniper who had wheels to skate. Who has he been playing with the last couple of years? Josh Bailey, as much as I like him, Kiefer Bellows, Leo Komarov, Kyle Palmieri, Anders Lee. None of those guys can skate. His, his whole game is predicated on his skating and his ability to draw people to him. And you got guys who are just standing around in the offensive zone, wait, just watching him. His biggest issue, besides Barry Trotz, honestly, is the fact that we don't have the type of wingers that he needs to be a better player. That's why I keep on saying, you know what? Let's go after Johnny Gaudreau. Why? Because he's a guy who moves without the puck. I think they'd be absolute gold together. That said, Johnny Gaudreau is probably not coming here, but that's the guy I'd love to see play here. Um, I Actually, that kind of moves us into the next question I was about to ask you. So rumors are 
right now coming out of the Calgary camp and coming out of the Nashville camp that both teams are really putting forward a Herculean effort to bring back, respectively, Johnny Goudreau to the uh, the Cal or the, the the Calgary Flames, and to bring back Philip Forsberg to the Nashville Predators. You want to know why that is? Because first line wingers don't grow on trees; they just don't. And if they've been playing your system for a long time, they know what's expected. I mean, both of them are leaders for their respective teams. Johnny Goudreau is like, I mean, let's he's probably a top ten player in the league. No, I mean. I, so, I'd say right. Uh, he's had years up. He's had years down. I'd okay. say he's top, he's top fifteen, top twenty, no matter what. Even on poor years, right? I'm still giving him a guy who's a top twenty skater out there on the ice, a top twenty forward, and you know he's at consistently top fifteen, top twenty. I think I read somewhere like in the last three years, he's like in the top three or four in scoring for all three years. He's just been that good. You just don't. Okay, you just don't let a guy like that go. That said, Calgary's kind of up against it cap-wise, and I think at the end of the day, unless he takes a, a hometown discount, he's going to leave. That's I just feel like. One of those fly-by-night sites were quoting somebody that they work for, which was another one of those freaking rumor sites saying, oh, well, right now, Johnny Goodrow offers at eight years, $9.5 million. <laughs> And, you know, I just love I love the numbers that are being thrown out there. And you see these people that are just pissing me off to no end because they have no freaking idea what the number is. Just like we have no freaking idea what the number is of the cap they're throwing at these guys. But we could say I would be shocked if he got anything less than this dollar amount just based off of prior performance. But nine point five, that would be a hometown discount, I'd say. If he gets nine point five, what do you think? Um, Forsberg gets because he's nowhere near the player that could draw us. Eight. Well, here's the thing. It, does, it depends, right? Johnny Hockey, maybe he's taking a hometown discount. Maybe maybe Philip Forsberg's not willing to do that. I don't know. Who the hell knows? Yeah, but if, if you go if you go into the offseason and somebody says, okay, Johnny Goudreau, 9.5, and then Forsberg agent says, well, we need 11. Well, I'm sorry. Johnny Goudreau only makes 9.5. There's no way you're getting 11. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. But yeah, I was about to say, he's not, it's not, yeah, I don't think if that were to happen, right, you'll see the market on Forsberg will be less. But here, both teams, the the reason I was bringing this up, both teams are really making an effort, apparently, to try to sign back their player. You know what I mean? They're, they're, I mean, I'd argue that, right, Philip Forsberg's the best forward in Nashville. Um, and I'd argue that Johnny Goudreau is probably the best forward or this maybe the second best forward in Calgary. They got they got a Kachuk's pretty good too. That's what I say. That's what I said. The best or second. That's why I said like when I say where does Johnny Goudreau rank, I'm like I might I could even argue maybe he's not the best forward on it overall forward on his team. Right, Kachuk is a hell, hell of a player. He does everything. He's physical and he's a blood and guts guy. You know, so I, I don't. I'm not even sure he's the best forward on that team. At this stage, I'd take Kachuk over Goudreau. He has a little bit more. He has more sandpaper to his game, more of a two-way player, and he's younger. So I, I like, I love Matt Kachuk. By the way, I, he's a guy. He's one of those guys. He's like a gnat. Oh, well, not a gnat, but he's one of those guys you freaking hate to play against, but you love to have him on your team. Yes. First time he broke a hundred point, a hundred points in his in in a single season. The first time he's averaged more than a point a game. Matt Kachuk did this last year. Um. So. 
also one quick thing that I just happened to, I don't think I mentioned to you now with the pissant getting traded to Los Angeles and everything, one thinks that uh, Los Angeles won that deal, by the way. Um, and that's what happens when you're forced to move somebody, you have to move somebody. You're not going to get a King's ransom. Same thing with Chikrin in Arizona. Everyone's, oh, we're going to have to give up everything for Chikrin. No, that's not going to be the case. At the end of the day, you're going to see Chikrin go for pennies on the dollar. That's why I think my trade offer for Chikrin would be accepted if we sent it. It absolutely would. That being said, they say Alec, uh, Alex DeBrincat now, he's the next guy to get moved. And everyone's saying, well, you know what? They're going to have to offer a lot more for DeBrincat than for Fiala. I don't know why they would say that. I mean, DeBrincat puts up good numbers. I like him. Um, but, you know, of course, what do certain sites say? Well, the Islanders, you know, they would give that first-round pick and Ratu and Wallstrom and, you know, Bavillier you know, if they had to. Again, I, I just – it's the same thing. It's the same thing all these sites, all these people say the same thing. Well, these are the assets the Islanders have to trade. First-round pick, Oliver Wallstrom, Anthony Bavillier. And they all give the same reasons because they're young players that teams want. If they're young players that teams want, why the hell would you trade them? Considering they're the only young players on your team who have the potential to be anything. And those are the ones you're thinking about moving? Hmm. I mean, it's to me, it's mind-boggling. You work, you try to keep the guys that you like, and get rid of the trash that's propagating this roster. That's what you need to do. I don't care what you need to do. Get rid of Bailey. Get, get rid of Lee. Get rid of them. Do whatever you can. Well, you went on for a bit, but I want to, and I think you had good points. I, I wanted to go ahead and talk about, you know, uh, Alex DeBrincat. Now, I would, right, the reason I think he's going to be more expensive than Kevin Fiala, he's done it for more of a time period than one year is the reason I think he's going to be more expensive. You know, I, I'd argue, though, too, if I'm if I'm the Islanders, right, I have this kind of fear thinking to myself, all righty, I saw what Ryan Hagel got moved for at the NHL trade deadline and I saw what his production looked like and how of how much of or how much he produced for the Tampa Bay Lightning it was limited at best and this is a guy who was putting up what like 40 50 points in Chicago earlier on this year yes. and the guy was putting up points in droves goes to Tampa and looks like a completely different player I would be a little nervous I don't think to bring cat is a guy who you know wilts or anything like that for for that situation grump but um, he's going to be more expensive than Kevin Fiala. Who knows how much, but he will be more expensive. But you don't break the bank. Again, if you're the Islanders, are you going to break the bank for something like that? Is it, enough, like that. is it enough to make you a Stanley Cup contender? For me, the answer is no. I honestly think we can start retooling in the next two years. By then, all those old veteran contracts, or so the majority of them, have played themselves out. You let those guys move and you start over. That's what we're going to have to do. I, I hate to keep saying it. I, I hate I know, to be, keep saying it I, over and over. There's a reason. There's a reason. If you look at the roster, the whole team are older guys who have two, three years left on our deals. And here's the thing. Why on God's green earth are we re-signing back Cal Clutterbucks, Zach Parise's, Kyle Palmieri's? They're not needed. They're on the wrong side of 30. All you're doing is just digging a deeper hole. That's all you're doing. I know the old man wants to do that. Oh, 
Lou Lamarillo, he'll never stand for a rebuild. Why not? If he's at no risk of getting fired, why doesn't he do a rebuild? I know he's 80-whatever, but still, you know, I just hate when people say, no, no way Lou Lamarillo is in for a rebuild. Why, did he call you up and tell you that? I mean, I think he's going to be here as long as he wants, really. And if he went to ownership and says, yep, we need to blow it up and start over, you think ownership would say no? They think he walks on freaking water. Two-time repeat GM of the year. Okay, I don't know how the fuck you've taken <laughs> what we're talking about here and now have deviated that away back to rebuild, retool. I can't even bother trying to respond to that because we're going to get in an argument and get off topic. Today's, to today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is about our 2022 Islanders NHL draft prospects. So I'm not going to go ahead and take it down that rabbit hole because you're going to get in an argument. We have, I'll say it just to say it, we have too many core pieces to rebuild and blow a team up. I know you like to say that every single time you get a chance to jam that into a conversation, but I'm going to try to avoid it like the Black Plague and stay on target, Grump. I'll, I'll just say I disagree that we have too many core pieces. A guy like Dobson's a core piece. Yeah. A guy like Barzal's a core piece. Yep. A guy like Sorokin's a core piece. You want to see a guy like Oliver Wallstrom being a core piece. You have good pieces. There's no need to blow everything up and restart over from scratch. Get rid of six or seven guys. I agree with. I'm just saying there are there are some guys who can be part of the core going forward, but the majority of the team that has been the core no longer is. Those are the guys I'm talking about. I don't know how you bring every fucking conversation to that point, though. Every single time, I let you, let you go on your little item. I'm I not interrupting. You, I bring, you bring it to that every time. I just, I just wanted to say once again how – you did the it people, last podcast. You do it literally every podcast. The people who cover the Islanders, you know, these fanboy sites, whatever, they all say the same thing. They all just parrot what the media says instead of actually thinking out, even doing a little bit of creative thought on their own. That's what I do, creative thinking. Okay? And at the end, I'm always proven right. Every single time, every time, I'm proven right. I just hate when people say, Lou Lamarillo would never stand for a rebuild. Why is that? He's at no risk of losing his job, none, because he should have lost it with how he's managed the team in the last couple of years. And I'm just saying, I think if he went to ownership and said, yes, we need to do that, they would do it. That's all. Thanks so much, Grumpy. Yeah. But uh, let's, yeah. So uh, back to my, back to the question I was going to ask when we were kind of still on topic, right? When we were talking about Johnny Goudreau and we were talking about Philip Forsberg, we kind of got a little off topic. I want to ask you about the alarm bells. Do you think the alarm bells and the worry bells will be ringing and ringing and ringing if Calgary and Nashville are able to work out deals to re-sign back Johnny Goudreau and Philip Forsberg? I would argue then, right, we may be – between a rock and a hard place. I know that, and and I see the rumors, right? Alex DeBrincat, next one possibly to go. Well, what would make you think that the same people who were supposed to be leading the charge to bring in a guy like um, a guy like Kevin Fiala wouldn't also be leading the charge after a guy like Alex DeBrincat, right? You're talking about teams like the Sabres, a team like the Devils. They have young prospects that they can trade and picks that they can trade to a rebuilding Chicago team where we have, oh, here's a guy who's, here's a Band-Aid, 
here's a band-aid that would help kind of go ahead and fit that over top. I, I'm just not sure, right? We are necessarily one of the most viable type team, <laughs> viable teams to to offer a trade for what you know Chicago is looking to do. I wonder if his name's being thrown around more because we were the odd man sitting out, weren't even in the conversation really for Kevin Fiala. And right now, both Calgary and Nashville are doing their darndest to go ahead and sign back their star forwards. And I wonder if now they're trying to shift gears and who can we now focus on? And it just does that. It, we The Islanders do this every single offseason. As the players that are our premium targets go off the board, either get picked up in free agency or get traded to other teams, we start moving like a snake from target to target and saying, oh, well, well, never mind. It wasn't really Kevin Fiala we were interested. We really should be looking at Alex Debrinkat. Oh, no, Debrinkat, no, no, no. He wouldn't really have fit our system we're looking over here johnny goodrow and we always do this snake around and it just feels like it's just a whole bunch of pontificating when nothing gets done i'm just wondering when the alarm bells start ringing is it officially when and i asked you this last time did do they ring when kevin fiala's off the board because that was a name that was being thrown out a lot if guys like fee or if guys like goodrow really quickly and forsberg sign back how loud are those alarm bells for who Islander fans. Oh, for Islander and fans? This is, this is for Islander. Right, we've talked about Islander fans have agreed pretty much unanimously, right? At least the Islanders need a top six winger, preferably a top line winger, and a top four left-handed defenseman. Those are the bare minimum. You can maybe get fans just like you and I who think we need two top six wingers. But fans, do the alarm bells start ringing at that point? They shouldn't be ringing at all. Because if you look at it logically and realistically – since Lou Lamoureux, and matter of fact, since free agency started in the NHL, the Islanders do nothing in free agency. Nothing. The only time, even when Garth Snow was the GM, the only time that we ever acquired any players was when he absolutely killed in a deal when a team was uh, had a you know in a cap uh, tough cap situation when we got Letty and Boychuk. Those were his two best deals. Let's be honest. I know Griffin Reinhardt, the trade for the first-round pick, but I'm saying for hockey trades that Lewis said this year, hockey trades, he's not going to make any hockey trades. He's not going to do anything. He's going to do nothing. He thinks this team as is, or at least he's espoused, that the team as is is good enough to compete. We just had a couple little things go wrong. Yeah, like you know what it is? You put an extra candle on that birthday cake every year, that's a problem for this team. It's a forest fire in half the time, half the towns uh, in Long Island for when one of these guys has another birthday. Got to call the fire department. Well, so, okay, You're, you don't think the fans should hit the alarm bell. Let's put it like I this. Just, some fans some fans feel optimistic about the offseason, right? Let's talk about the optimistic fan. Let's talk about the fan because we talk always the, the offseason brings new hope. It brings ideas that your team can improve and your team will be better next year. doesn't matter if you're a freaking Jets fan and you've been miserable for years. doesn't matter if you're a team that's at the tippity top. Every single offseason always brings hope. What should the When should the fans, when do you think the fans who have hope the offseason will bring something to improve the team? When do those fans start to worry? Draft night. Draft night. Because if you haven't made a trade on draft night that gives up your number one pick, you're not making a trade this offseason. That's the way I look at it. People, teams that are going into draft, they want a draft pick for this year. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for, oh, yeah, give me a 2024 number one. No. 
if they're trading for a first round pick, they want one now. That's that you want to panic. That's it. Particularly if the free agents go off the board. Okay. Let's let me ask you this too, Emmanuel Lauren. I think this is a good way to start off and the kind of moving into our NHL draft preview for the Islanders. Good evening, Jansen Emmanuel R says. So what are the odds the pick is traded? I think that is worth talking about as well. What do you think the likelihood is that we draft at number 13 or that we trade him they trade that selection away? You know what? I, I've been thinking about that. Actually, I haven't, but I've been thinking about the betting thing. You know, it used to be like two to one, three to one. Now it's like plus 100, minus 1,200. I don't even know what the hell that means, honestly. <laughs> I don't even understand. I think that means if you put $100 in, you get 100 and whatever that is, you get whatever the return is. Well, that. if you put 100 in and you get 100, you get 200 back, you know, with your, your 100, that's like two to one. I like I'm saying it's two to one. It's easy for me that way. It must people must not have liked the decimals they were throwing in. They you know, I think they didn't like I, it being two point one, two point one. I think it's because it wasn't flashy enough. We'll put up these huge numbers. No, don't do that. You put a dollar down, you get two back. You put a hundred down, you get two hundred back. That's the way it works. Just make it easy. Maybe maybe people today don't know how to freaking multiply, divide, add, subtract. I don't know. But all these stupid things, I'm like, I look at them, they got all these pluses, pluses, minuses. I'm like, what the hell does it even mean? They were doing it in between periods, like the chances the Islanders are going to win, minus 425, that this team is going to win, plus 370. What the hell does that even mean? I don't even know. Do you remember what I asked? Yeah, you said, what are the odds of the pick gets trade? <laughs> I want to get your take on what the odds are that we trade that pick away. Do you think that's something that, uh, right, we talk about uh, the need for a hockey trade to improve your hockey trade? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I still have this gut feeling that we are trading away our first-round pick this year. If we don't trade away our first-round pick, we will be trading a second, a third. So we will be trading away draft picks this year for players. I promise you that. I just have that feeling. I tweeted this back in March at the NHL trade deadline before Lou Lamarillo came out and spoke about the need to improve via hockey trades. I believe we're trading away draft picks. We're trading away draft picks when we need to go ahead and start to restock the cupboards but i'm go ahead but, what do you think okay. the is? well i'm going to stick with they're not going to trade it away because i like to be on the other side of the fence because you're wrong all the time so i'll say that no they're not going to trade the pick just to you know play devil's advocate like you like to do play devil's advocate why so do you I'll think they're not trading away the pick i don't think we're going to trade away the pick why because I don't think there's anybody out there that we don't have enough ammunition realistically to trade for someone and outbid a team that really wants to trade uh, for somebody else. We just don't. That's what happens when you keep on pissing away draft picks and young, talented players for guys like Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac. The list goes on and on, right? That's what happens. I was about to say, go ahead. You don't have any assets that other teams want. That's a problem. Every Green's year we've Ricky. always made additions, except this year, right? We Andy Green, second-round pick. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, a first and a second-round pick. You look at guys like Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak, a first and a fourth-round pick. I mean, every year we're just giving away first-round pick, first-round pick, first-round pick, and plus. So, And you want to know why our team doesn't have any young talent in the pipeline. Well, I mean, it's because you're making dumb trades, trying to – Put a team that was never, ever, ever, ever going to win a Stanley Cup the way it was set up to maybe take a shot. 
They just they've just okay. it's just done. So you you you're just you just had the gut feeling they're not going to because that's the way you feel. I was hoping you'd have some I want them because I want them not to trade the pick. That's why I say they're not gonna do it. Okay, it's more of a heart thing than a brain that's right. thing. Absolutely. Okay. My brain's telling me they're trading that pick away. My heart says please don't. But I'm I'm in the same boat as you. My brain says they're probably trading that pick away. My heart's saying please don't. And you, uh, know, you don't know what else my heart is telling me? Do not draft Brad Lambert at 13. Son Don't of a bitch. Son of a bitch. We'll get into it. Son of a gun. We'll get into it, Grumpy. Um, but uh, yeah, the reason, again, I say, and I'm firmly behind not trading away the first round selection at 13th, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, there will be a player that was penciled in to go top 10, top maybe even maybe he was projected to go seventh or sixth on everybody's boards. He will slip and fall to number 13. There is always a player that's projected to go top 10 that slips outside the top 10. It's never in a situation where it goes right down the board. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. It's not the case. You have the chance where a team could overlook a player because maybe I don't like the fact that he's five foot nine. Maybe I don't like the fact that he started off hot in the year in Sweden and then cooled off. And maybe I don't like the fact that when he came came back from injury from the Czech league. He didn't look as physical, didn't look as dominant, struggled with transition to the puck. You very easily could have a guy who slips. I'm talking about specific players, which I'll get to later. You could very easily have a player that slips in the draft and is giving you a golden opportunity. If you preemptively trade that pick away, you'll be closing off the chance to maybe nab a very special player that slips out of the top 10 and falls and is a gift to you at number 13. The same way Matt Barzal slipped out of a surefire top 10 pick all the way to us at what was it number 15 yes I, at number 15 because he was injured and got banged up his draft class year 16 i think 16 16 whatever it was you know 15 16 wherever it was he slipped out of a guy who was gonna be surefire top 10 selection all the way to us due to injury you do not want to limit yourself and not give you the opportunity to find and identify that guy and to really benefit and bring the team forward for the future and let's My, say Let's say 13 comes up and you see three or four of those guys, or there's a guy that you like that maybe is rated a little bit lower. Well, usually usually they, they'll piss away the first-round pick on somebody like that. They've already done that with that useless piece of garbage, Simon Holmstrom. But let's say you see four or five guys that you have in the same batch and you're at 13. Trade back. Trade there's, back. Get more draft capital. I'll talk about a few of those guys. There's a few guys that if the Islanders do take a trade back approach, I think could be there later that I really have as guys that have ultra high potential that have climbed up the boards a lot this year that fit what we need. A highly skilled offensive player, a speedy player, a guy who's good in transition, has a good shot, struggles a little bit on the defensive end as a forward, but offensively really contributes. So we'll talk about those type of players also. There's a handful of them. And, you know, another thing you're hearing is, players from Russia they're going to drop down the board because of the you know the war that's going on you know what if I'm Lou Lamarillo or any GM I'm loading up on those guys because the war is not going to last forever it just isn't and those guys are going to be playing in the NHL and you'll get a chance to get somebody who is maybe supposed to be number 10 maybe you'll be able to get him at number 20 because people are afraid to draft him because they're afraid of what's going on over there in Russia that's where you can take advantage of a certain situation and make it happen. Whoever comes over this year, who's even even if we pick anybody at 13, is not going to come in and play for this team. Just not going to happen. So you go for the best talent. And if a kid slides down, even if he's from Russia, I could care less where he plays. I mean, unless he's 
you know, on the front lines. Uh, you know, he's just a kid who plays hockey, probably. I mean, I'm rolling the dice on guys like that. I want talent. Yeah. And, you know, the, the shitty thing about it is, too, right, we don't have our second-round pick this year. We can foolishly traded that away. <laughs> and we've got Colorado, so we've got the last pick in the second round. So, you know, we've got a long a third round time pick. period. It's a third-round pick. Yeah, might as well just call it a third-round pick. We've got a long time period between pick number 13 and pick number 65. So I wouldn't be opposed, right, if we trade back. I really wouldn't, depending on who's on, who, depending on what's on the board and who's on the board. I mean, acquiring a few draft picks would be nice. Maybe acquiring another second and maybe a late first round pick. I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I think there's a lot of guys in this year's draft that have high potential. They're guys that have shot up the board quickly because they missed a lot of the 2020 year. A lot of that year, the COVID year, where they weren't able to showcase ability and they weren't able to be on the ice really too much towards the beginning half of the year. They played kind of towards the end of 2020 and the early part of 2021. So they only had about a quarter of a season to play in juniors or a quarter of a season to play hockey. And this really was the first full year they've had in quite some time. So you got a lot of guys that could really rise at the board and have high ability you can find a diamond in the rough with. Right. This is the type of draft that you want a lot of shots at it. Because yes. you're right, with a, uh, them essentially missing a whole year of development, you don't really know what you got, particularly in the middle rounds. Think about it, too. You have a whole year of development missed. Some players got injured this year as well, right? And you're looking at guys to where, oh, they were always projected at this spot. They missed, you know, they, they couldn't do anything really because, you know, the play was limited during the COVID time period. And then you're in a spot where they got injured and they missed 20 games. They missed half the season, right? So effectively taking away two years of that growth and development. These are guys who are projects for us. These are guys that you want, ideally, if you're drafting 13th. I want this guy to be ready to be in, the, in, in an NHL lineup in two or three years. I'm not looking for the guy to step in day one and contribute for us, right? You have time to let them grow. You have time to let them develop. Yes. And uh, like I said, I'm all for that. More kicks at the can, definitely for that. I mean, you look at some teams, oh, they got, you know, seven picks in the first two and a half rounds. Well, you know what? I wish that was us, honestly. Yeah, I really do, because we could use that influx of talent. Those are guys who can, those are teams that are going to trade up the board, and those are teams that you can acquire a few draft picks with. But I want to move in, right, to actually start talking, right? Now we're 45 minutes into the show, but to actually start talking about some of these prospects. Sorry, it took a while, but we didn't want to rush through the other items. Jeremy Ford, and I think it's a good question to start off with. Jeremy Ford said, good Saturday evening, fellas. I hope you both are doing well. Who would be your top three wishes for number 13, 13th overall pick? And how much change do you anticipate over the next two weeks? Let's first go over, Grumpy. I'll let you put down the players that you're interested in at that selection. No, why don't you tell me yours first? What do you mean, let me tell you mine first? Well, because why don't you tell me yours first? Three guys. I tell you, let me just say something about Jeremy. He always asks good questions. Did you ever notice? Yes. Um, it really – so – for players that slide, okay, mine's not a simple answer. Mine's not, believe it or not, Grumpy, mine's not going to be a simple answer. I kind of am going to use this to break down why I think certain players could drop and where I see the value in them for. I think there will be a player that slips, and I want to talk about the players I think can slip, the reason they can slip, and why I find them valuable at 13. If 
assuming everybody goes off the board, right? I'll have one or two guys that I think are projected around that spot I would be happy with, but I am more down on board for the player that slips, I would like to select. So I'm going to talk about the players I think could slip. If you okay. want me to go off, it's going to take a while. That's why I was giving you the opportunity to go through I, the three. I can, all my guys are going to be guys that I hope have a chance to slide to us or maybe a possibility to slide to us because go I'm ahead. not going to say, oh, I want Logan Cooley to slide to us or uh, <laughs> Slavkovsky. I, you know, I'm not, it, not nothing ridiculous like that. Okay, Things that ahead. I think actually have potential. I'm looking at Marco Casper, um, who plays over in Sweden. Six foot one, one eighty-seven. He's a guy I wouldn't mind picking if he was there at thirteen. Would have to drop a little bit. Um, I would. Okay, so Marco Casper. I wouldn't think he'd have to drop. That was actually one of those guys. Assuming everybody goes off the board, nobody slips. He's a guy I feel comfortable would be there at that spot, right? When I look at his play, he shot up boards, draft boards a lot this year. He's an intense player. He's got a high hockey IQ. He shows moments, but in, overall, he's not a guy who's got a lot of offensive creativity. He's not a flashy player out there on the ice. He's got a lot of speed. He's got straight line speed. He really has that separation speed. He's got the ability to separate like that. The, the biggest issues and concerns I've got with a guy like Marco Casper, and I know he scored and put up points, right? I understand it. And just because you put up points doesn't mean you always have a great shot. I think his shot, he's got a little bit of a weak shot at times. I think his puck skills you know, leave a little to be desired as well. You see some of these guys that are really, really fleet of foot, very, very skilled skaters. They also just are so natural with their hands. They're so natural with pocket puck moves. And this, that Marco is not a guy like that. He shows flashes. He doesn't exhibit it all that often. He's a guy that I feel like no matter what happens ahead of us, if all the guys go off the board that should ahead of us, Marco Casper will be available for us at 13. Okay. I think he's projected to go in the top 10. No way. Okay. I'm just, I'm saying everything I've seen, he's projected to be in the top 10. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, another guy that I'm looking at that I'd like to see uh, us take a shot at is Danila Yurov uh, from Danila Russia. Yurov. Yeah. From, from Russia. I think if it wasn't for the Russia situation, he'd be hot. He'd absolutely be a top 10 pick. Really? So here's, here's the thing that I think about Danila. He's like a middle six guy. He's a guy that could slide in right when you're looking at, at least from what I've read, the, the game film I've watched. He's a guy that could be anywhere from a second, you know, a second line guy to a third line guy. Um, he's a quick thinking forward, right? He's a guy that gets the puck out of his hand quickly. He's able to read and, and, and evaluate where open spots are on the ice at a very quick and high level. When you talk about, you know, how do the Islanders start making transitions into a team that's like Colorado, into a team that is a, a heavy forecheck, a team that skates well, right? Having a guy that's able to headman the puck quickly, find those outlet passes, that helps kind of feed into it. I mean, he gets in the net, he generates chances. The thing is this, when you look at Danila, he played for the most time. He, he he did have a chance. He tried to go ahead and step up to the KHL level. He his played in the KHL. He no, played his, in the KHL. Okay, he went to the KHL and got demoted back down to the MHL. His production in the KHL level was not that impressive. So uh, here's the thing. I'm not expecting 18-year-old boys to light it up in the KHL all the time. I will say this much. If his his, his skill... And his pace 
and his his speed necessarily don't jump off the board. Some people put his speed as a plus. I look at him as an above average skater. He's not in in the, in the ilk of a guy like Casper. He's not a guy in the ilk of a guy like Matthew Savoy. He's not of that type of skating quality. He's definitely an above average skater. But when you talk about skill, right, it doesn't necessarily jump off the board to me. I think he's sufficient in those areas. Could use room for improvement. If he was more developed and refined in those areas, he would be a much higher pick in my book. Okay. Um, like I said, I, I have five guys. Honestly, I just don't have three. Sorry. Okay. That's fine. Uh, you mentioned Matt Savoy. Yeah. Um, he's a guy smaller, but offensive dynamo, right? TJ, you can tell us about him. He's only five. Yeah, foot nine. He's a guy. He's a guy where he's an interesting one because I could have him. He's a guy who could slot it in to be one of those top 10 picks. He's one of the guys that I could very easily see fall five foot nine. Right. He's one of those guys. And some teams, as soon as they see the five foot nine, it used to be like this. Some teams, as soon as they saw the five foot nine, they said, no, 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 not interested at five foot nine. We've seen a lot of smaller players come in and be successful at the level. So I think, you know, it helps allow him to be that higher selection. But some teams just are timid and they're afraid of guys who are five foot nine. You're right, though. He is a high pace. He's very, very agile. But when you look at his stride, right, he doesn't have great separation speed. He's good in short bursts. He's good when in, like when you're in the offensive zone and you've got the offense set up. He's good at being able to create create spaces because he can turn on a dime. He's good at being able to open up that area. I mean, he's a guy with extremely high upside, and this is something to where you know, I necessarily I don't think he'll be here at pick number thirteen. But if he is, right, that is one of those golden gooses that would fall into your lap and you say, we have been blessed with an opportunity that we must take. And I will be high-fiving and yippee-ki-yaying all the way down until the start of the season if a guy like that fell to us. He's a great playmaker. He's got creativity. He's very creative on the puck and away from the puck as well. He works hard. He's got a shot. And he's not afraid to go to the net. That's the thing for me too, right? It's not like the fact that he was five foot nine was a huge deterrent because he's not afraid to go to the net. He is playing in juniors, right? As you get bigger, as players get faster, maybe some of that tenacity to go to the front of the net starts to die down a tiny bit. But he, the fact that he's not timid and he kind of you know, avoids the front of the net like the Black Plague that made that was at least an encouraging sign for me. He's not a perimeter Pete at five foot nine, right? And then for the last of the forward group. And I did throw in a defenseman just to let you know. Ah, um, maybe Connor Geeky, um, if he's See, available. I had no interest in him, none. And here's the thing: I did, John. Uh, I think uh, John. I did read. I did read the article you sent me. I did. I just Connor Geeky has. I'm sorry. I'll let I'll let you tell me why you like Connor Geeky, and I'll tell you my opinions on him. He's a good skater, um, and he's six foot four, one ninety. He's a guy who's not afraid to play along the wall. I mean, I. I, I like guys like that. I just do. I, See, think, I think skating. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I don't. I heard. I don't think he's a bad skater. I didn't hear he's a bad skater. I heard he was. You skating know, is one of the biggest issues he's got. That's okay, that's I mean, like when you look at the issues he has. If he's not fleet of foot, he's a guy who does struggle skating. I think he's. You know, like I'm going to give a football reference. You know, Mac Jones, very low ceiling, very predict, or I'm sorry, very, very predictable floor. He's got a high floor. They kind of know what he projects to be, but, you know, relatively to, to what the ceiling is, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in order to unlock that. I, his stride isn't great. 
He is big, right? Six four. The speed, though, he does have speed issues. And in the open ice, he leaves things to be desired. Um, you know, that that's kind of where it gives me where it gives me a little bit of worry and angst. He does have good vision. He was kind of the setup man for Matthew Savoy this year. Again, a good vision. Chris passes. He's a guy that's good under pressure, right? When you talk about guys that that you know could make the transition when they do get to the NHL, right? When they do have pressure on them, are they able to find the outlet? Are they able to stand in there when he's six foot four, right? He can manage to take a little bit of a hit. Not too many guys are taking a run at six foot four forwards. So again, he's got the quick outlet. Again, good under pressure, and he can pass the puck. But I, I don't know. That's not a guy to where I'm salivating over Connor Geeky like you are. That's not a guy. Well, I would okay. Make. I didn't okay. say salivating. I said that he's a guy that I, I wouldn't mind having. He would be the lowest on the list for me. I'd take a guy like Marco Casper. I'd take a guy like Brad Lambert, and I'll tell you why. But I, I'm not a big Connor Geeky guy. Okay. I just, I mean, he's a power forward, a he true is. power forward. I mean, I just uh, and I like guys like that. I know I like guys who I know they can stand up. Um, and his skating is NHL average, is how they have him right now. You know, not okay. not N- NHL average. I'm about to say he's he's skating is the issue for him. Skating will always be the issue. So when he goes ahead and gets years of years and years to g- improve and hone his craft, he'll be an average skater. You know, one of those are average skaters coming into their draft year. Gabriel Landeskog. Ryan oh, stop. Don't tell me you're comparing this guy and putting him in the same breath as Gabriel Landis. Just saying, you those players had the same questions, power forwards, big guys, and that was their issue they had to work on skating. I'm just saying it's something you can work at. Um, then I want to go to my last uh, a guy, Pavel Mintukov, defenseman. Pavel playing Mintukov, for, yeah. Playing for Saginaw in the Ontario Hockey League. Oh, I'm glad you finally came around to the Pavel Menyukov there, Grumpy. I'm glad you finally came around. I threw a defenseman. When I had mentioned him as a defenseman, he would be the only defenseman I'd take at that spot. And I mean the – or the only defenseman that would not slip to us. That's not one of those I'm going to be a top 10 defenseman that could possibly be around that area. That would be the defenseman I would look at. I wouldn't be looking at Korchinski. I wouldn't be looking at – I wouldn't be looking at Matchuk. I wouldn't be looking at any of those guys. It's more Pavel Menyukov. Yeah. So those are the five guys. Sorry, I gave you more than three. I gave you five. Any reason why you like Pavel Manyukov? He's a good puck mover. Like I said, I'm looking for a forward, uh, but I did throw a defenseman in there just to just to do it. I, the, the, here's the thing: what I notice about him at moments and times, he's got a he's good he's good sized defenseman too. He's not one of the smaller guys. He's not like a five foot ten defenseman or five eleven defenseman. He's got good size. He is mobile. He does a great job, just like you had mentioned in transition. He does a good job with his passes. Um, I love him at times, and at times he leaves items to be desired. I think he could be a little soft for his size. He needs to be more physically imposing, right? I'm not saying he's got to be a bruiser out there by any sorts, but I think he could be a little soft at times. He is very confident, and he's very shifty with the puck. And for a guy his size, you don't see that that often. He's another player that's really shot up the boards this year, and he's a player that, you know, based off of he could he could really shock everybody and go, you know, top ten, maybe seventh or or eighth. I could see him really getting overdrafted just because of how quickly he shot up the boards and and the raw ability that he has. When you're I don't, defensive. See, I don't see him going anywhere that high. Okay, I'm saying when you see players like that, there are always reaches. And he's a guy who can skate. He's a guy who does have offensive acumen. He's a guy who is 
fundamentally sound, relatively speaking, on the defensive side of the puck, but can be a little soft. I, okay. That's a guy that you know you look at as a project player. That's a guy that maybe a team takes a little bit of an early flyer on. Um, I think all these guys are project players. Some aren't. Some are. Um, Where we're picking, they're all project players. I, no rookie. Not a no rookie. Calls. No rookie coming in number 13 is going to make our team next year. When I mean project player, I mean they're three some odd years away. A guy who is a year or two years away is not a project player in my book. If a guy needs one year in juniors and he's in the AHL for one year and then the NHL, that's not a project player. Project players are guys that need about three years. They need a year in junior, maybe two years in the AHL, and then that last year, the third year, or the fourth year from the draft class year, they're between the A and the NHL. Those are project players in my book. Hmm. Okay. So, like we got a whole bunch of those guys on our roster. On our so we, I kind of want to talk about guys who I think could fall. Cutter Gauthier, have you looked? Have you looked into him, Grumpy? Yeah, he's not falling. Only he's reason. Crazy. Now, here's the thing: I have him rated a lot lower than most do. Everybody has him as a bona fide top ten selection. the The issues of a guy like that, and the more analytic issues than anything else, right? He is not engaged when he doesn't have the puck. You talk about, you know, how does it look? How does his engagement look in transition when he doesn't have the puck? How does engagement look there in the offensive zone when he doesn't have the puck? It looks very stagnant. You know, that's one of those things where I guess a shit ton of coaching can kind of go ahead and get it out of you, but he does not look too engaged. He's got good puck skills, right? I just think he's a guy who could slip. To 13, probably not, but I think he's a guy who could slip down the boards. He shows flashes, and he comes and goes. That's with a lot of young guys, though. Shows flashes and he kind of come and go. He's six foot three, right? He's an above average skater in my book. Um, I know a lot of people have him in the top 10. That's a guy I could see maybe slipping a bit. Uh, most people have him like in the top six or seven. That's where they have him. Yeah, I have he, I, he, he will I, not, he saying, will not slide. People saying Arizona possibly is a fit, Buffalo is possibly a fit. I've seen those. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked at all if a guy like that slips a bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think he slips. And that's why I didn't even look at him. Actually, the slip guys for me, Savoy, um, um, who's and cat uh was it Casper? Marco Casper is not he's not a top ten pick. Okay. Everyone, everyone except for you says he's a top ten pick. I think he would have to slide to us a little bit. Uh Casper and uh Yurios. I think I'm just going to pull this up because I know you're wrong on this. I know all the rankings of all the sites, Grumpy, so I'm just going to show you on Elite Prospects. They do all of these rankings. And just to show you, because I just don't want there to be misinformation spread in the podcast here, I'm just going to zoom in. This is Marco Casper. Um, okay. So 16th consolidated ranking, 12th on Elite Prospects. FC Hockey's got him 16th. Bob McKenzie has him the high, or Bob McKenzie has him at 10th. Uh, McKean's Hockey 24th, uh, Craig Button there of TSN 17th, uh, NHL Center or NHL Central Scouting has him as the fifth uh, European skater. Sportsnet has him at eighth. So again, it seems like Sportsnet and Bob McKenzie are the two that have him ranked high. Uh, 12th on ISS Hockey, 19th on Recruit Scouting, Dauber Prospects 18th, Draft Prospects Hockey 23rd, Smart Hockey 31st and puck authority 21st you know he's not a guy who i expect to go top 10 i just want to say something about bob mckenzie he is as close to spot on with what he picks because all he does is speak to gms so and i don't think he knows maybe 
maybe he's not as much into the analytics or the individual talent. He knows what he's talking about, but his strength is talking to general managers and where these guys slot. If you watch on draft night, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he's, bang, got Shane, boom, he's, got, he's got Shane Wright going number two, and he's got Logan Cooley going three with slack yep. off going first. Okay. You know, I, okay. Bob McKenzie, I've seen some real shitty takes by him too in the past, but it, it's just, you know, nobody knows hockey's hockey is more all over the place. It's not like the NFL with Mel Kuyper to where the teams are working out and they say, this is the guy we're looking for this position. I mean, like for the most part, they're all forwards or drafting based on projectability. Kuyper is the NFL's version of Bob McKenzie. Oh, Kuyper's a lot more. Absolutely is. Bob he, talks, he talks with GMs. That's how he get. That's how he does his rankings. He doesn't do it based on talent or skill. He does it based on talking to NFL GMs. He does. That's how he does it. And same thing Bob McKenzie does. I'm not saying that they're not pro scouts, but they have their fingers on the pulse of what the league is thinking. That's all. Okay. Um, I've got a guy. Now, if we trade back. This is this is the player I want us because I want to give you players I think could also drop to us. I want to give you players that I think would be available if we trade back. A guy like Isaac Howard. Trump, are you familiar with the prospect? Um, yeah. I mean, what is that? If you drop out of the first round, you're looking at him? Oh, he's a guy who, if we drop to the later or around the 20s, I would want a guy like Isaac Howard to be selected. I think he'll be available later than that. I'm telling you, you look at his production this year, I promise you he will be off the board earlier than most expect. Yeah, When I when I think of a guy like Isaac Howard Grump, he's great on the analytics side. He's a guy that's hungry every single shift. He's a guy that has good – he's good with possession of the puck. Again, he drives offense. He creates. He's a creator out there in the ice. He skates very well, and he's got good distribution of the puck. He's got a good shot. The thing where he lacks is defensive responsibility. He's a guy who puts up, you know, very good numbers. He's a guy who is the creator and the line driver for a lot of these teams. And this is a guy, right, when you're talking about, you know, if you're trading back, what what's wrong with having another guy who is creative, who's good skater, who's good on the puck. He's got, you know, puck, he's got good puck skills. He's got good ability to distribute the puck. And he's creative, again, with high offensive acumen. That's a guy that I think that I, I us as the Islanders would need. Okay, he's another guy who's a little bit smaller. Uh, Pronman has him as a projected middle-of-the-lineup player. Um, he's got above-average puck skills. Everything else he lists is average, NHL average. So he's – and he's his he's his play. Corey Pronman, I'll be honest with you, Corey Pronman – I know you like Corey Pronman. I do. like him because he works for the athletic. And, oh, if I'm paying for this, he must be very knowledgeable. No, no. He actually, he actually goes and watches the prospects. That's what I like about him. He'll see a prospect three, four times a year. That's what I like about him. Do you remember when Corey Promen originally had our 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 prospect pool rated very highly and no. had to make it? Oh, no. stop, 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 stop! No. Because I remember this. People can go back and look at the archives of the Athletic because they keep it. Right? He had the Islanders originally rated very highly as a prospect pool, and he said, "Oh, we got to make an amendment. We originally had them at like 13th, and no longer they're there. They're actually more like 26." I've seen him fuck up shit all the time. I'm not saying Corey Promen's wrong all the time. I'm not saying he's right all the time. I'm just saying every single one of the, I don't trust one individual. What I'm trying to go ahead and do, I watch with the eyes, and I read a lot. I, you know, every single one of these people are going to have different opinions on these players, Grump. And Corey Promen is not God when it comes down to prospect recruiting. Don't just trust blindly everything the athletic puts out with Corey okay, Promen is gold. I'm going to say that it's safe to assume 
that Corey Promen has seen more of these prospects than you have. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. So, Here's that's the thing. Right. Here's the thing. Our boy Will's my boy Will Scouching, grumpy old man. I swear up and down by him. We'll have him on again this offseason, right? I know he watches every single one of these games. He tracks data. He tracks the analytics. He gives a lot of that information as well. I watch him. I watch Wolf. I watch a whole bunch of these guys, Grumpy, and I watch, again, the, the in-depth breakdown. Corey Promen's at least, hey, I lost a lot of faith in Corey Promen when he blatantly uh, overvalued the Islanders' prospects. And that was the year right when they had drafted. That was the same draft. If you're looking for the archive, the article that should be archived, that was the year that the Islanders drafted Ruslan Ishikov, Bodie Wild in that year's draft, that he rated them very highly. No, he did prospect. not. He did not. Yes, he did. You're mistaken. Yes, You're mistaken. He did. Please, somebody pull up. If you have the athletic, just do yourself a little homework assignment. You'll find it. He rated us originally very highly, and midway through the season, he had to make an adjustment because he completely botched it. Go back and read it. Or maybe I'll have to go back and read it for you. Yeah, Grumpy. why don't you do Isaac that? Howard. Isaac Howard's a guy I like, a guy who I think has a lot of talent. He's a guy who I think will go earlier than you project and most project because he performed extremely well this year. He's skilled. He's a fast skater, good distributor of the puck. Um, if we trade back, that's a guy I'm interested in. What about Frank Nazar? What are your opinions on Frank Nazar, Grumpy? That's a guy who I think could, could be in our range, could be in our wheelhouse. He could be in a spot for us. See, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think he's later. Once again, uh, I think he's later, like tail end of the first round, uh, like 20 to 25 range. Where's Corey Promen have him rated for you, Grumpy? Uh, I don't know. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> I just feel like he looked at Corey Promen's support and said, here you go. This is all good. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, I'll pull it up. He's okay. all over the board. McKenzie, McKenzie has him at 15 and Promen has him at 19. Fucking McKenzie. You're always just sticking by McKenzie. Okay. These guys, they know. If you're asking me for where guys are going to fall generally, they know. And particularly McKenzie. That's that's McKenzie's gig. I keep telling you that. I guess I'm going to have to grab a screenshot of McKenzie's predictions beforehand, and we can see how many F-ups he's got way off the board because okay. you're treating him like he's God over there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying he's very accurate with that because he talks with GMs. Consolidated ranking has got Nazar at ninth. The Leap Prospects has him at fifth. FC Hockey has him seventh. McKenzie does have him at 15th. The Queens Hockey's got him at 12th. Uh, Craig Button has got him at 25th. Uh, NHL Central Scouting has him for North American Skaters 21st. Sportsnet has him at 14th. ISS Hockey 11th. Recruit Scouting 13th. Dauber Prospects 4th. Draft pros uh, draft prospects hockey tenth, smart hockey seventh, and puck authority twelfth. He's a guy that's in that range. Well, some Scott, have him a little later, some have him a little earlier. He's in that range of where we pick. And that's central scouting, control. central scouting is really accurate on their stuff too. All the teams use it. I know they have their guys look at it too, but central scouting. I mean, that's what all the teams use. And if you're seeing them as a twenty fifth um, North American player. That tells me that you're thinking he's going to go a little bit higher than he probably is. I've got him as a guy. He's 5'10". He's got one with one of those. I'm talking about what the Islanders like and who they usually select. He's they don't like guys 5'10", 180. 
He's got that never quit attitude. He's jumped up the boards this year too due to production, right? Um, I you love him on your team. You hate to play against him. Um, he can skate well. He's got good playmaking skills, right? He's one of those guys who jumped up the boards. He's improved a lot. Remember how I mentioned earlier on in the show? This is the year where you're going to have, I think, guys who are going to be selected earlier or later based off of production this year, right? Only played a small portion of last year due to COVID. And this is really his first full year, which is the draft class year. He jumps up the boards because based off of merit and production, if he was able to do that last year and able to play a full year last year as well, he probably would be much higher on some lists. That's all I'm saying. That's a guy where I could see us being interested in a guy like Frank Dazar, if, okay. if available. I just I just don't see him as being the guy. That's all. Mm. I, you know, I'm like, I, I think Simon Nemec is pretty much a sure in top 10 pick. I don't see the defenseman dropping to us. Um, you know, he's a guy, good vision, right? He's patient with the puck, good puck mover, good defensive awareness, needs to trust his feet a little bit more and, um, you know, needs to join in. He, he kind of rushes the puck at times when he gets a little nervous. He kind of, he kind of will throw the puck away a little prematurely and try to rush things when it's not needed. That's a guy that was Simon Nemec, right? I, everybody has him pretty much as a top 10 selection. You know, could a guy like that fall? Who knows? I'm just covering him in case something crazy happens and he does fall. There always are players that are selected as a surefire top 10 pick every single year that fall. True. So I'm just going over players that I think that are in that range of like 5 to 10, maybe one of them drop. They could drop to 13th ideally. So I'm just covering those players. I just, I think it, you know, for me, it seems like you really rate high the USA program players. I just don't. I still well, look at them. Because I like, I like Isaac Howard. Is that what it is? Well, so the Nazar kid's the same Nazar. thing. I've got a few, right? I, David Yurick, right? I think he's, David Yurchek, I think he's going to be gone early. I think that's a guy who, before his injury this year, he was really hitting stride. When they started up and they played half the games at the world or the world juniors, and then they stopped, he was really hitting stride. Wound up getting injured in there, um, but again, big, physical, um, you know, good skating, good, good flexibility in those hips. He kind of struggled a little bit after the injury. I think he struggled a little bit in transition also after the injury this year. But that's a guy who I think is he's. I think he's a guy who's going top five. That's that's a guy I don't see is dropping us. I'm just covering just in case something crazy happens and he does. Um, you asked me who is a player that I would be interested in selecting at that spot. I'm big on Brad freaking Lambert. Yeah, I'm big on Brad Lambert. I know Grumpy is not a Brad Lambert guy, but it's all based off the potential. And here's the thing. You look at a guy that has the speed, has the skill. It's unbelievable. The speed and the skill that he has matched up together decision makings at time right are questionable at best makes poor decisions on the ice sometimes um, and sometimes he does try to do too much and he gets himself into trouble right those are the issues i think he struggles with the most now we have a guy in our organization that had a very brad lambert-esque type of performance right had a very brad lambert-esque type of uh type of you know uh career before drafted a guy who was originally selected to go very early in the draft has a poor draft class year due to a team he was traded from moving teams. And then the next year he performed very well and he's our top prospect. Of course, I'm talking about a guy um, grumpy like Atu Ratu. I'm not saying he'll have the, the explosion and the bounce back like Atu Ratu did, but this is a guy who has moved teams midway through the year 
And when you look at the team he played for, it did not fit his style. And again, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the team that he went to his name correctly. So I'm just going to say the team that he played for in the second half of the year, they had a strategy when they're breaking out of the zone. They have five guys in unison. You know how you, you know, like the mighty ducks, they do the flying V. This was five guys in unison breaking out of the zone at the same time in unison, right? As a parallel line. That's not Brad Lambert style. That's not a style that allows Brad Lambert to get open. That's not a style. Brad Lambert is a guy who needs fast up pace, up tempo, high flying style. The team he went to did not play that style. It's as simple as that. He's a guy that I think the production he had this year was hurt due to the team that he played with. It was not a mix. It was like water and oil. Here's the other thing. Brad Lambert will be playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds this next year. He will be playing in the WHL. I can freaking guarantee goddamn to you he'll put up 110, 120 points if healthy. He will light up the freaking scoreboards. He will listen to me now, ladies and gentlemen. Brad Lambert will light up the scoreboards in the WHL, and we will be regretting that come around the time period next year when we're talking about that if you skip over a guy like Brad Lambert. Mark it down now, right? We Just like we had the three amigos, Grumpy and I were dead on about that. This is one of those that I think I cannot be wrong on, Brad Lambert. You want to talk about, you want to talk about putting, your, putting your stake in the sand? Brad Lambert, Grump. Yeah, I'm nowhere near as high on him as you are because he was piss poor this year. And it's he funny. He's a team that runs five fucking guys out of a breakout. They don't know how to goddamn structure the ice, and it's not meant for his style. And it's funny. The only movie you know anything about is The Mighty Ducks and The Flying V. That's even more disturbing, honestly, than your over-the-top, overzealous uh, rantings about uh, Brad Lambert. Here's the thing I think about Brad Lambert, too, right? He moves to that team. He gets right. He gets branded as a guy who tries to do too much. He was out there on an island. He felt a little bit like when you kind of grip the stick a little harder. That is, I'm telling you, Brad Lambert, when you look at the speed, you look at the skill, you look at the offensive, the ability to handle the puck, the ability for the shot, the speed and the offensive skills are just something you don't see very often. I'm telling you, if a guy like that is available at 13, draft him. Can you give us the rankings of where Brad Lambert is supposed to go? I can't. I can't. It's not going to be very high, Grumpy. Okay. I promise you then you don't pick him at 13. I think Brad Lambert's going to get selected early by a player. Uh, by a oh, team. I think you're early. wrong. I think he has a chance to slip into the second round. If you pick him in the second round, he's a guy. In the second round, Jesus. Absolutely. If, here's the thing. If he slips into the second round, he's a guy I'd have no problem trading up for. I'm not drafting him at 13. Absolutely not. He's nowhere. He's not expected to be drafted anywhere near 13. He's it tumbling depends, right now. On, it depends on who you look at determines, Grumpy, where you look at a guy like this to be drafted. He will not be available in the second round. I'll tell you that much, right? Consolidated Hockey Ranking has him at 14th. Elite Prospects has him at 14th. FC Hockey has him at 9th. Bob McKenzie has him at 16th. McQueen Hockey has him at 8th. Craig Button has him at 42. NHL's Central Scouting has him as the 10th best European skater. Uh, Sportsnet has him at 20. Uh, ISS Hockey has him at 10. Recruit Scouting has him at 16. Dauber Prospects, 30. Um, Draft Prospects Hockey, 13. Smart Hockey, 5th. And uh, we've got here the Puck Authority, 10th. That's a guy where maybe you could trade back a little bit. I do not want him to be taken off. You don't want to get greedy and lose out on a guy like Brad Lambert. 
pick the guy the he has a talent and ability. I, I freaking, I'll put this in, whether he's with our team or not, book it down today. If healthy, Brad Lambert puts up 110 points in the WHL for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Mark it down. Mark it. I disagree. I okay. disagree. Great. I, you think you think way higher, more highly of him than I do. I, I see a guy who is disinterested most of the time. He got branded to that because of bull. He got bullshit branded as that. Look at okay. he comes back. Look at the defensive effort he put in the back check. I'm gonna he got branded of that and. Mm, don't even get me started. I think that's I'm take, branding of Brad Lambert. I'm going to take the opinions of people who've actually watched him play live I as opposed to you. Film Grump too. Have you ever I seen him watch game film on? One have of the few. Ever, have you ever watched a full game of him play? Periods. Yes. Periods so, at time. So I don't have the ability to not. watch 10 games of him Grump, but periods okay. at time. Yes. I'm going to tell you this. Um, Simon Holmstrom, perfect example. If you do little snippets of clips of him, hey, he looks great. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I didn't say little snippets and clips. I said full periods, Grump. I don't believe you watch full periods of him. So, I'm glad you don't think I do, but I did, buddy. So that's so, fine. <laughs> like I said, usually snippets and clips, most of these people have their ratings. They're not watching full games. I like the guys who actually watch the players. Like I said, Simon Holmstrom, I wanted him to do good. You've seen him in spurts do certain things. I watched him live, two games, and here's the thing. If I was drafting him, I I would even – I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's a whatever. I'd take a flyer on him in the third or fourth round, not in the first round. Okay. So, again, Will Scouching, right? We're going to have him on. He watches all the games as well, Grumpy. In case so you don't Will believe Scouching me, maybe, maybe you guy. listen to Will. Maybe Will has him as a top three prospect. Oh, oh, so Brad Lambert? Yes. Oh, he's crazy. Okay. He's crazy. Okay. You got to actually produce to be a top three prospect. I'm sorry. When you look, it's about potential. It's about, it's you about, you have to be potential. able to produce. He to did be a top produce. three as a winger, as a scoring winger. You got to be able to produce. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 100, 100, 110 points if healthy in the WHL this next year. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That we'll absolutely watch that, that. Includes playoff production. Oh, okay. That's Maybe he'll go to the Memorial Cup. Maybe he'll play 150 games. Does that include preseason too? You fucking bastard! <laughs> oh man, I tell you though, I, yeah, that's right. That's a guy I'm. I'm very bullish on Grumpy. Yeah, he's a guy I don't want. Certainly not a 13. You don't not, want? Oh man, not a 13. No way. You want to trade back? Get yourself another couple of picks. I could see him falling out of the or getting like down to the mid twenties. I could absolutely see that happening. <sighs> oh shit! I didn't know you're drinking. Yes. Uh, well, I, I don't have you pulled up, Grumpy. Remember, I'm I'm multitasking on a million different things. Um, oh, Joaquin Kimmel is a guy that is is one of those players that could be as a top ten that I think could fall to us. What are you shaking? Your head He's for? not falling. He's top five, top top seven. Really? Everyone? Yes. Okay. Are you looking at Corey Prom and freaking? Did you? Are you? When you're doing this research, you're just saying, "What? What's what's my buddy saying? What's Corey Prom saying? I mean, come on, Grump. I, I'm telling you. Are you saying I, what's Bob McKenzie and Corey Prom saying, and that's gold? Is that what it was, Grumpy? For you? I also look at ESPN. Oh um, Jesus Christ! I, I mean, there's a lot of them I look at, and ESPN, now, ESPN does that thing was, I hate. Was it, was it ESPN, ESPN has him at the second second rated international skater. They have him rated higher than Nemec and uh, Jiracek. They have him second. 
Okay. I'm not saying he's that good. Here's the thing with Kemmel. Okay, oh, continue. Uh, before I get to my points. Um, McKenzie has him at seven. And uh, number – oh, so I'm sorry. And uh, Pronman, my boy Pronman, he knows his talent. He knows we have shitty prospects. He has him at number – oh, man, I'm going way up. Number seven also. He's not He's not going to last to 13. Not going to happen. He's a guy who started off the year really hot and kind of started to slow down. As he year. got hurt because he got hurt. Okay. Okay. Well, he came back from injury and kind of slowed down a bit. So, you know, again, like we mentioned guys who could drop, right? The production at the beginning of the year was much better than it was at the beginning. Then it was the beginning of the year was much better production than it was at the end of the year. Um, you know, he's a, one of those guys who's a true finisher. You're right. Um, he's got to get more physical or he's gotten more physical this year. Still has to continue to improve on that. Um, I've got him needing to improve puck scoring or needing to improve the on the puck instincts as well. Again, like when you look at it, right, he's got quick decision making. Um, that needs a little bit of work. He's got to improve his stride a little bit too. I think that's a guy who who who's got a high potential, a high ceiling, has room for improvement though. He is one of those pure finishers. He's he's a guy who's got an unbelievable shot. He's a guy who's got one of those, you know, he's got a knack to be in the right spot at the right time. But there's areas where he has he has areas where he needs to improve on. Um, yeah, I'm just saying everyone projects him as a very good top six winger who okay. scored a lot of goals in the NHL. If, if he's a his thing, he's not going to be available, but if he is, that's why I didn't include him. Uh, anytime he's available, he slows down towards the tail end of the year, whether it's due to he was, hurt. he was hurt, he was hurt at the end of the year. Listen, Matt Barzal played really well and got injured his draft class year and dropped. When players get injured, normally they drop. Unless you're the Islanders and you draft Simon Holmstrom in a year, he gets injured and draft him early. But I'm saying usually when players get injured and struggle through injuries and don't play better in the second half than they did at the beginning of the year, they drop a little bit. I'm just saying that's a player who could drop a bit. Okay, he's not dropping a 13, but that's fine. You feel that way. That's cool. Uh, Jonathan Letter Lettermackey or Le uh, Leckermackey, Grumpy. Yeah, he's not falling out. You're, you're talking about everybody here is like, Top every everybody has these guys' as locks in like the top eight, and you're picking him there. I don't know. Again, not, what what did I just tell you at okay. the beginning of this show? Okay, there like I, players, I told you, that's listen, what I didn't listen, do. Listen, before you run over me, there are players every single year that are penciled in as bona fide top 10 picks. Every freaking year this happens. This guy is top 10 by McKenzie, top 10 by this, top 10 by this, and they fall out of the top 10 and they fall their way to 13, 14, or 15. Every year it happens, Grumpy. So we're covering the guys that are in that 5 to 10 range that could maybe be one of those guys who fall. That's what I'm doing. I think Shane Wright is going to fall to us at 13. He didn't put up the numbers that he was supposed to this year. He should have taken off. He didn't. I think he has a shot to be available at 13. It's not going to happen. So now you don't think the players drop out of the top 10? I don't think the players that you're talking about are going to drop out of the top 10. Not even close. I'm every, talking about every player that I mentioned that's in the top 10, right? I've mentioned about four or five of them that range between five to 10. Every one of those you said that has no chance to drop. So based off of that ideology you have, you think that no player that's ever in the top 10 drops to a spot like 13. They could, a top 10 player, a guy, a top 10 guy could never drop three spots at 13. That's what you're trying to espouse when you're trying to battle me on each one of these. What I'm trying to say That's is fine. I just don't think that way. I don't think guys who are rated five, six, seven are dropping to 13. Then when they don't have red flags, Brad Lambert, red flags all over the place. He's a human red flag. 
Okay, let's pull up. Let's pull up. Let's pull up Letter Mackey Grumpy because I think this is a guy that perfectly fits in exactly what I said. Just so we could show where the rankings are. You know, the unanimous rankings that we like to go ahead and go by. You know, this is just pissing in the wind. I feel like at this point, consolidated rankings tenth. He's got Letter Mackey eighteenth on elite uh, elite prospects. Twelfth on FC Hockey. McKenzie has him at eight. McQueen's Hockey ninth. Craig Button is ninth. For European skaters, NHL Central Scouting has him at 6th, Sportsnet 10th, ISS Hockey 8th, uh, Recruiting Scouting 8th, Dauber Prospects 11th, Draft Prospects Hockey 8th, Smart Hockey 14th, Puck Authority 19th. So you're looking at a guy that for the most part is between the 8 to maybe, you know, early, early selection, 8 to 10 or 11 early double digits. That's a guy who could fall to us. That's why I'm mentioning him in name. You don't think it's possible just in case there's a weird coincidence that he could fall to us because I just will have a shit-eating grin on my face draft night if that happens. Um, again, I think at times, right, he doesn't get involved much in transition. That's, I think, something that could lower him a little bit on the draft boards. Again, he has a lot of shots. He's one of those volume type of guys. Registers a lot of shots. Registers a lot of shots from everywhere on the ice, whether it's from you know lone danger chances, high danger chances. That son of a gun throws the puck towards the net anytime he's got it, which is always a good thing, right? Got to put the puck on that in order to score. Um, low pass completion as well. That's something that, that, that you're looking for, at least when you're looking at the analytics side. Didn't complete a high percentage of his passes. He's got a lot of potential though he's got the vision he can handle the puck well he's got the hockey iq um could be a little more physical though he's a goal scorer he's a sniper he's a goal scorer that's what he is so he's not going to be a passer he's gonna be a guy who shoots the puck i'm just telling you where he needs room for improvement that's all okay well you know what everyone has room for improvement he's a goal scorer He's his job is to score goals we have a guy like that oliver wallstrom we had a guy like that again a guy who's taking a while a guy who's taken a while to develop, a guy who's a goal scorer, a guy who struggles a little bit away from the puck, a guy who struggles a little bit skating, a guy who struggles a little bit distributing the puck, a guy who struggles a little bit there with his passes occasionally. That's exactly what Oliver Wallstrom is. He's just exactly. bringing him up, right? Not saying he's Oliver Wallstrom. I'm just, those are the areas that Oliver Wallstrom needs to still improve on to this day. Those are the items that uh, Leckermackie needs to improve on as well. Would you say Alexander Ovechkin is a great passer? No, he's a freaking goal scorer. That, Are you comparing this kind of freaking Alexander Ovechkin? I'm just saying that to say, well, he's not a great passer. Yeah, because that's not his game. He's a sniper. He get he gets a puck on his stick and he shoots it. He's not a playmaker. He's a goal scorer. He shoots a puck he, at a high level. That's his, that is his skill set. He's not going to change. He's not going to turn it to Wayne Gretzky. Don't even say that. He's a scorer. That's he's closer to Ovechkin than he is to Gretzky. I'll just put it to you that way. He's a goal scorer. He shoots the puck, trying to score goals. Who am I closer to, Grumpy? Am I closer to Wayne Gretzky or Ovechkin, Grump? You're closer to Eyes on Isles than you are to Central Scouting. Oh, you fucking oh man, oh man, Grumpy. Just in a time period where they have bad news too. You can't. You're you're doubling down on them, Grumpy. Don't do that. Um. Anyway, oh. We, let's go ahead. We got an ad to read here too. Let's get to the ad. So I talked about a few of the guys who I'm interested in that selection, uh, who I think could possibly drop, why they could drop. Grumpy trying to shoot every single player down. I just can't wait. I've got a list of the players we spoke about today, right? Got a list of those. So I can't wait till none of those players drop and all the top 10 selections that are, are suggested in that get selected as a top 10 pick. I can't wait for that. I, ju- I just think I'm more realistic than you. That's all. 
the NHL is one of the drafts to where teams go fucking ballistic all over the board. Once it's outside the top five, you see players get drafted that are supposed to be spotted at number 17, 18, or 19 as a top 10 pick. And you see guys that were supposed to be top 10 selections sometimes last to 17 or 18 because they don't like this. They don't like that of the player. He's too small. They didn't like the way he sneezed. NHL's like that where players are very, you know, their selections are very uh, fluid you know, based off of who they are and how how they interview with teams and how they perform, whether a team likes them or not, scouting wise. Just watch, um, just watch the central scouting uh, rankings and how those guys go. I wish they they combined them. I really wish they did. But you watch central scouting, they're going to go one, two, three, four, five, six. That's what they do every year. All the teams you scan central scouting. That's what they use. Just telling you. They don't use their scouts that go out and watch the games. They just pay for a subscription of not was it $99 a year to go ahead and get central scouting. Don't even need to worry about having the scouts sent out. We could save a lot of money in that area and department. I'm going to tell you what. Arizona, get rid of the central get rid of the pro scouts. Get the central scouting. That's going to help you cut down the budget. You do find teams that go off the boil like the Islanders because central scouting had Simon Holmstrom rated as a, a late second round pick and they picked them in the first freaking round. How's that turned out for you? Where the guys who they had ranked right where they should have been have all produced in the NHL. That's what happens when you go off the board. It's like you're acting like central scouting never made a mistake, which is just ridiculous. I'm just saying that's how teams draft players. That's all I said. That's what we're talking about, where guys are going to draft it. Not how they turn out, where they're going to get drafted. That's what we're talking about. Make me have to pull up the central scouting and just call Where's you. Where's Brad Lambert in central scouting? Is he number three? Oliver Wallstrom is Oliver Wallstrom is number seven on Central Scouting. He went eleventh to us. Third, oh, third in North so American the, skaters. The Central Scouting make a mistake. North, no, he was no. rated seventh overall. He no, was third in North American no, skaters. Seventh. Overall. I'm looking at it right now. The North, Central Scouting final rankings of 2018. Oliver Wallstrom rated number seven. What are you talking about? They separate North American skaters and European skaters. The final ranking combines them. They do me. not combine them. They never combine them ever. They never combine them. Never freaking ever do they combine them. Let's do this because I really hate to do that, Grumpy, but I will. Um, Give me a sec here. They do not combine them. I wish they did. They never do. They always have them separated. Always. <sighs> because if they haven't combined, I wouldn't need to look at anything else. Here we go. And this is all of the North American skaters, Grump, of the 2018 year. And these are all North American skaters, right? Here is their ranking. Here's their ranking on the Central Scouting final rankings, Grump. Final rankings. Oliver Wallstrom, number seven. Quentin Hughes, number six. Brady Kachuk, number two. Joel Faraby, number 12. Shampo Rata, number 18. So they do. I'm just saying, for you to say, it's like just where's, where's Dobson? How come Dobson's not in there? Grumpy, these are the ones who these are, these are only highlighting the ones who went to college. This is through the College Hockey Incorporated. So these are all the guys who are rated on Central Scouting, their final rank score that are going to play college hockey. Okay, move on. Okay, they, just they saying, do not. Okay, not, they don't. Obviously, obviously. Obviously, they did not put everybody in there because everyone's not even in there. So, Rumpy, there it's 
it's not as simple as get essential scouting, get essential scouting uh, subscription, and then you go, you've got everybody who's going to be drafting. You get the best players there. You okay? don't need to get a central scout. They they publish that. Oh, don't need God. to. They release it every Uh-oh. year. What's happening here? It wants me to add. No. Okay, gotcha. Um, we do have an ad today to read from DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat uh, this season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet of up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash it in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes and the details for, uh, or see the show notes and the and the uh, and description for additional details. Grump. I will do that when I go do the DraftKings thing. And just to let you know, once again, I was right. If you just go to NHL.com Central Scouting Rankings 2018, they have it broken up by North American, and that second grade that that grade is the midterm grade. If you look at it, they have North American skaters, they have European skaters, they have goalies. They do not add them together. They just don't do it. They don't merge them. I mean, Oakvist, uh, Rosmus Dahlin was the first freaking pick in the draft, right? He's a European skater. He's not in that mix. Adam Boquist, uh, Vitaly Kravchuk, those are all guys who went before any of those, they were all ranked higher than Oliver Wallstrom. North American skaters, Noah Dobson, I'm sorry, Oliver Wallstrom was the seventh ranked North American skater. But if you add those other guys in, he's like number 10 or 11. I mean, that's probably there is a final list, Scrump. And I do not, here's the thing I'm looking at it. I just had it pulled up. I'm looking at it right now. If I could post it up here, I'd make you look like a fool. Oh, well, I guess I'm glad you don't. We're just going to have to live. We're just going to have to live and uh, live in uh, live in curiosity, Grump. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, let's get to some comments here. Got a lot of comments to go through. Um, and let's see. Uh, and good you know what? Evening, all, all this is probably a moot point because the Islanders is going to trade that first round pick for the rights to Ken Danico. The rights to Bobby Orr. No, Ken Danico. It's got to be Ken Danico, huh? Somebody from the somebody from the old time Devils and Valerie Gisela Pukin and maybe Sergey Breland. Mm. Throw him in too. There it is. Uh, Matthew is saying good evening, gentlemen. Sorokin won save of the year. Grumpy, did you were I you aware of that? It was against Panarin. Mm. It was against Panarin. Do you remember that save? I do remember it. It was outstanding. I don't have it. I, well, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. So I'll pull it up. Grumpy, give me a sec. Yeah, save of the year. Voted by the people. People know. They know. Pow of his stick. Oh, man. Let's watch this again here. Look at that. Oof. Boom. 
caught it there with a stick. I mean, it is an outstanding save. That's one of those highlight reel saves right there. Oof. Bam. Uh, I mean, tremendous. Athleticism. Second to none. He's like a freaking cat back there in net. Yeah. He for certain is. Um, let me get out of that there. Um, anyway, got additional comments here. Um, James F says, Hey guys, watching the Yankees smoke Cleveland six to one. Serious no TJ. Mets two and a half games up on Atlanta. Time to panic? No. Mm-mm. No. You get, we're getting we're getting Max Scherzer back as well as DeGrom back here in short time. So I'm not I'm not concerned. Uh, uh Scherzer's coming back this week. Yes, I did Tuesday, see Tuesday, I believe. Yep. And I know Hill's pitch, but I know after the all-star break, we expect to grow back. Um, Paul W says, hi, Islander fans. Johnny hockey to the Islanders says Paul W in my rosterbation, uh, issue. That's who I'm picking. I don't like how you call it a rosterbation issue because it's like issue. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, Hey, it's my dream pick. It's not going to happen. Um, George P said the only draft I expect is the cold ones. Uh, Islanders Kool-Aid will pour, uh, thinking any picks will have an immediate impact. And they never do. <laughs> okay, gracious. Um, and uh, Michael B. says here, it's been a minute uh, since I've made it for the start of a show. Just popping in to say, I appreciate your work. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate Michael. that. Appreciate the kind words. Um, Scott L. says, since they lost out on Fiala, who should have been or who or who should have been option C or D? Can you see Lou really pursuing either Goudreau or another top score, or will Lou sit and do nothing as usual? I think it's going to be same old, same old. We're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. If he makes a trade, it'll be for defenseman. Let's be honest. A left-handed defenseman is a bigger need than a score on this team. It just is. I mean, right? Would you not agree with that, TJ? A puck moving... I think both are. Okay, but you need a puck moving left-handed defenseman. Right now, you got holes all over your defense. Mm. Green and Char are gone. You, you need another defenseman. Period. You just do. I think both have to be addressed. I think you, you, it's it's an unsuccessful offseason if both aren't addressed. I think both are unbelievably huge needs. I think that both die, have dire dire consequences if not addressed. If we had to field a lineup to play tomorrow. We don't have enough defensemen in the organization. Just don't. That's my point. That's why that's more important, in my opinion. Jeremy Ford said, are there are there any players that scouts are saying could be picked in the area of 13th overall that you would not want the Islanders to take? TJ's Kevin Korchinski, and mine is that useless dog. I've got, I don't like Korchinski. I don't like Matt Chuck. I don't like, um, I don't like Geeky very much. Um, those are guys that I kind of am staying away from if I'm the Islanders. Um, for me, it's for me, it's Brad Lambert. I, I think you can get him later on. I know people love Ryan McGordy. I'm not, not that I'm, high though. Here's the thing: even if a guy like uh, Cutter Gauthier drops to us, he's even a guy where I'm just like, there's a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> Hold on. If Cutter Gauthier falls to us at 13, you're going to pass on him? I'm not saying I'm going to pass on him. He's just one of those guys. That I'm like. There's a lot of rooms and a lot of spots where I'm just like, it's going to take a while. I think it's going to take a while for him. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm saying the potential is there. It's going to take a while. Yeah. You want to know why? Because they're freaking 18 years old. He played on the line with Logan Cooley and Jimmy uh, Snuggerud. 
that line was tremendous. Yeah, you've I mean, got two, you've got two guys that are penciled. You got all three of those forwards are penciled in to be, you know, top fifteen, top twenty picks. One Logan Cooley who shot the boards, right? I've seen arguments that Logan Cooley might even be selected first overall over Shane Wright, right? I've seen that. Not saying it's going to happen. I've seen it. You got a guy like Cutter Gauthier who's going to be, you know, top ten pick in all likelihood, and and Jimmy's going to be a spot to where he's going to be anywhere from fifteen to twenty. So you know, you've got three guys on your line playing against other players and juniors. All three of them are are top twenty. All the three of them are top twenty guys in this year's draft class. You're playing against guys in draft class years and younger. So yeah, it doesn't necessarily shock me that they lit the scoreboard up and looked all so fantastic. That's one of those things you have to worry about. Same thing when you, when you had a lot of those talented players all on one line, you think who are the really talented ones and who are the guys who benefit from the other players' talents? Who are the sidecars and who are the drivers? That's why I'm a little more that's why I'm much more I much more I scrutinize those players a lot more than I do others because it's tougher to find out who drives and who is the passenger. Carter Gauthier's top 6. Uh, he won't last past six. There's no way he gets a 13. No way. No way. Okay. Uh, Brian J says, I expect the pick to be traded. Probably. It's going to make all the, uh, the, the, the drafturbation. It's going to make that just go down all the draft prep. Just, you know, go to moot and point a moot point. Uh, George P says, notice how none of the trade rumors ever mentioned Isles Kool-Aid Hall of Famer Josh Bailey. I have noticed that. Nobody wants him. He's another guy untradeable. That's it's ridiculous. He's not untradeable. He's absolutely not untradeable. You just all you gotta do is just be even a a, a lit Arizona needs money to get to the floor. Three million dollars actual cash. $5 million of cap value for a, a solid veteran who could help, you know, teach the younger kids how to play. I mean, to me, that's a no brainer for Phoenix. And you don't, I mean, he should already been gone. They should have already made a deal. They've had all, how many months they've been sitting on the sidelines and they've done nothing. Be proactive. You look at these other teams just getting out of the Stanley cup. Hey, you know what? We're making moves. We're preparing for next year. What's Lamarillo doing? Nothing. Nothing. Mm. Um, got to come here from James F. saying, you guys never talk about Matt Martin. Uh, what's going to happen to him? He's not coming back, right? God, I hope not. He'll be back. Hey, if you're getting paid still and he wants to still skate up, I mean, he's got he got himself a spot cemented in for the best fourth line in hockey. We talked about him two years ago. He was known for, from me as a $6 million man. Signed for four years, 1.5. So I called him the $6 million man. We can rebuild him, except you couldn't rebuild Matt Martin. They were using used bionic parts. So he is what he is at this point. Now he's the $3 million man, two years to go. Thank you. I don't know what the hell that had to do with <laughs> the answer to the question, Grum. But yeah, we haven't talked about Matt Martin. I, I, he hasn't yeah. been worthy of a discussion. I was about to say, I don't like to think too much about the only thing. We don't even see him too much. He's just a. He's just not even a contributor at this point on the team. He's just a guy who literally eats minutes. If he that's was, the best thing I could say about him, he eats minutes on the ice. He was another bad contract extension signing. That's what he was. Drew L says, I tell you guys, a Florida thing that just happened. I came home from picking up dinner and a poisonous frog was just lying on my doorstep. I had to lightly kick it away because it wouldn't move. You didn't want to go ahead and touch it and catch that shit on your hands. And go, Yikes. Um, man, Oof, never fun. I, you know what? I I couldn't even tell you what a poisonous frog looked like. Usually, very colorful frogs. Oh, I thought maybe you had like a like a sign. 
don't touch me. I'm going to mess you up. Now they're usually very bright. That's how they try to scare away the predators. Jeremy F says, who are you guys thinking about the second and the third rounds that you're hoping are still going to be available? Grump, have you done research that far? No, no I've not gone that far. <laughs> okay. We're only doing day one of the draft. So we're not doing all the other days, huh? Absolutely not. I what? can't. I, no, I can't do that. What do you mean? First of all, the picks come too fast. They're like, they do like the whole next round is like in 45 minutes. The whole last six, seven, the whole last six rounds are done like in just, a, you know, whatever, six or seven hours. And you can't even keep track of them. And, you know, we don't even know half the guys. Let's be honest. Come on. So there are guys I am looking at. Now, here's the thing. When I'm talking about this, it's tough because the Islanders are at the very, very tail end of the second round, right? That is the thing that bothers me. The Islanders might be able to trade up in the second round depending on what they do. I like a guy like Ira, um, um, Ivan um, Miroshinchenko. You know who we're talking about, Grumpy, the guy who wound up having Hodgkin's lymphoma? No. Um, who was projected originally as one of those top 10 picks. They said he looked sluggi sluggish this year, didn't play well. They found out he had cancer. So he's a guy also from Russia that could drop. So that's a guy like Ivan Miroshinchenko. He's a guy I could see dropping. He's a guy I'd be interested in. Mateus Havland, he's a guy who's a defenseman. He's a smaller guy. He's a puck-moving defenseman, has got high offensive acumen. You talk about one of those puck-mover types, the way the league's going towards. He's a guy I'm interested in. Um, there's a few that had on here. Um, I mean, what I look for in the later rounds is Ryan stating Chesley. ability and, for us, offensive talent. Ryan That's Chesley. Right defenseman young defenseman he's one of those guys who's a project player he's a guy that second or third round pick for a guy like ryan chesley i'm all on board for he's got good his skating ability is good young defenseman he's a big defenseman he's a leader out there i think he played oh, if i'm right maybe he was in the u.s development program but he He's a guy who skates well. He's a guy who's very, very agile. And again, another one of those big, big defensemen who are agile, makes good decisions on the puck, you know, can improve a little bit on the defensive side as all young defensemen can. He's a guy that I would be interested in looking at for a second or a third round select. And Danny, uh, Danny's it. Uh, Danny Zuko from Greece. Oh, no, 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 no. Greece is the one. And he's in Lincoln. I think is, is in Lincoln. Is He's a forward um he's a guy that i like there from the ohl he's he's younger he played well he's a guy who who's one of those he's one of those blood and guts he's he's kind of like a middle six type of guy he's not somebody that's going to light scoreboards up but if you're talking about a guy every team needs middle six guys that's a guy who i think could be one of those middle six type of players i mean there's a few guys and some guys i'm more excited about than others but as we get closer to the day there may be guys who fall maybe guys who jump Ryan Chelsea is a guy who I like, though, as a defenseman there. If they're available second, third round, I think that's a guy. He could be available around the late second round pick. You know, Ivan Miroshinchenko, he could be, you know, he's, he's I assume, if not the late first round, he's a guy who's more of an early second round type of pick unless he just falls off the board due to the cancer and due to the Russia, you know, Russia and Ukraine conflict. Well, that's what um, they say. All the Russian players are falling because of that. Do you really think that's going to be the case? Some GMs are just saying they've taken Russians off of their board. I mean, just think about that, right? You know, hey, Lou has not shown not shown a fear of Russian players before others. He was one of the he was one of the first individuals on that grumpy when he brought those two guys over. Yeah, Fatisov and Kasatonov. 
But I mean, you know, that's the whole thing. So maybe you get a bargain bringing over some Russian players. Like I said, it's not they're not going to be at war forever. Just not going to happen. Yeah. So and I just the kids me, don't control the the young. Okay, an eighteen-year-old yeah. kid who plays hockey is not controlling what's going on there. That guy's primary objective is how can I get drafted into the NHL? How can I play professional hockey? You know, yes. that's what he's trying to do. Um, Matthew S says no on McDonough. Could not agree more. George P says now now grumpy. He is old enough and slow enough. Gosh darn it! Isles Kool Aid loves him. Talking about Ryan McDonough. Yeah, I just like I said, he might be okay for a year, but he got four years left on his deal. I mean, that's not what at six point seven five per. That's I'm sorry, that doesn't work. You got to stop doing that. You got to stop bringing in guys who are in their mid thirties on on huge contracts. Just it's just dumb. You want to know why we're talking about? You know, all we can do is move Bavillier or Wallstrom or Ratu. It's because you are your team is bloated with guys in their mid thirties on long term contracts making too much money and no production. Stop that. We got a lot of comments to blast through, Grumpy. Jeremy Ford says, uh, "I'd take McDonough at half the salary, but not at six point seven five million at his age. No thanks. No to Chara and to Green as well. Absolutely." Um, Brian J says, uh, "If you're moving the pick, please get the Brincat. I like mm. the Brincat." Uh, Scott L says, would you go after Jesse Pugliarvi from Edmonton? No, no guy who never really lived up to his draft selection. A guy who never really lived up to, to, to what prospect or what, uh, what, where they had drafted him and a guy who only really started to perform when he played alongside Connor McDavid. That's not a guy. We don't have a Connor McDavid on this team. So I, I worry about production, a standalone production on his own. Agreed. Uh, Michael W says McDonough had a, ma a mangled finger from a block shot. Doesn't affect his ability to skate though, but I know what you mean. Maybe it affected his stick handling. Maybe it affected his, you know, along the boards. You know, that makes sense. But man, he just looked old and slow out there. He Mary Lou said, would Bobby uh, would Bobby Orr have fit in well with Noah Dobson? Nope. Um, Veritas Invicta says Yankees go for 60 wins. At the halfway point, going for 60 wins at the halfway point. They got it, too. Jeff Sobel says here, uh, agree. The Islanders need to be creative. Uh, there are some contracts that need to be cleared. Bailey, Varlamov, and yes, I said it last show, Anders Lee. Yes. And they can all be moved. Matthew C. saying, what's up, Grump? What's up, Matthew? John Smith saying, Bailey should be the first to move. I hope so. I don't care if he's first or last as long as he's gone. Friend of the show, Brandon Gaines, said here that uh, he expects maybe to Buffalo. I don't know where he's got to go, but get him the heck on out of here. Goodbye, Josh Bailey. Why would Buffalo want him? I guess I leadership. guess maybe to teach younger players. Leadership. They got a lot of young players on their yeah. team. George P. said here the only way um, that we're moving these players is by packaging picks. I disagree. I don't I think disagree. so. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have to. We don't, we're going to get picks for Varlamov. Maybe Josh Bailey's neutral. We don't have to give up much or don't get back much. I'm just hoping we don't have to give up a lot to get rid of him. Maybe we can even get like a sixth or a seventh round pick, something like that for him. Anything else is cake. Um, but getting him off the cap is the biggest thing for us. There's one thing that's really bothering me. Um, and we could talk about tomorrow if you like. I just saw that the NHL is going to raise the salary cap $1 million a year for like the next three years. They just said they made the most money ever this last year and 
I I just have a problem with that. How it's bad. They're screwing the play. Bill said it's a split 50 50. The reason why. And again, like, you know, I here's here's the way I look at that. He said, well, technically that year when COVID happened, they only the salary cap should have been 55 million. So I'm like, well, these years that they're way above that and they're going to continue to be way above that because inflation's still soaring. They're still going to come out on top for the next three years if they only raise it a million dollars a year. Anyway, no, no point of harping on that too much. Um, Brian J says, how can we have an, how can we have an increase? Give him Comroff and Eberly every year talking about Matt Barzal. Right. You put him with the wrong guy. You put him with players who don't fit his style. But like me putting me and TJ on his wing. He's not going to produce then either. Well, maybe with me, but certainly not for TJ. Brett W said, I read somewhere that Calgary offered Johnny Gaudreau eight years at $86 million. If that's true, I doubt he's staying. Here's the thing. That's eight and a half people million. Who, people who put that out are fly-by-night sites. The fourth period and Eyes on Isles or James Nichols put it out. There's no way they know about that. And then right after he made that tweet, he's like, oh, well, now I'm hearing it's nine and a half million. He has no idea. Nobody has any idea what the offering is. Nobody has any freaking idea. Nobody knows Johnny Goudreau or Johnny Goudreau's freaking agent. Here's the thing. They're making a push for him. Will they get it done? Who knows? Um, but anything you're anytime you see a specific dollar amount, they made an offer of this much to him, and it hasn't been like uh circulated out there by every mainstream site out there. It's probably just bullshit, just being honest with you. Um, so that's why you don't get involved too much on that area. D cut says we have an 80 year old general manager getting creative. <laughs> to to hit to him is honey mustard on a sandwich instead of gluten's brown mustard. And uh, David Cutler, alias D Cut, is uh, a member of Isles Misery, rated R, the leader. Um, and he's right; he's not half wrong on that. Well, I like Brian J because he knows D Cut's a fan of Barry Trotz. Brian J says, "Screw Barry. I'm glad he got fired." So am I. <laughs> unprovoked, unprovoked, Brian J. Here's the thing. He had to go. He was not the solution. I'm not saying Lamarillo is, but Barry absolutely wasn't. Um, Barry w. served his purpose. Brett W. Yeah, he did. Brett W. says, uh, Bellos at least can shoot, unlike Leo Komarov. Absolutely. True. True. You're right. Grumpy. D-Cut says here, uh, Barsal is like Nuke Lelouch from Bull Durham. A million-dollar talent and a 10-cent head. I disagree totally on that. Totally. Give him, give him somebody you can actually skate on his line and watch him take off. I do like this one here. Um, Brian J says Barzal and Johnny Hockey would be dynamite. A hundred percent agree with that. From dynamite, Drew L says I have. I have a feeling Goudreau will want at least ten million dollars a year. I mean, he put up one hundred thirty points. That's what I said to say that he got offered. Oh, they're offering him an eight-year, eight you know, eight million dollar a year contract. Here's the thing: like when they say stuff like that. They can always just they leave themselves wiggle room because right if he doesn't sign with Calgary you're never going to know what Calgary actually offered because it's not like Calgary comes out in a press conference and said we offered him this much but they don't say that and here's the thing also if they offer him a larger amount they could say oh well that just shows you how bad they wanted to keep him because they started off at eight years eight million per and they kept going up and up because he's so valuable for the team but that was an offer they made for him they're just bullshitting they have no earthly idea none. Um, John Smith said, so give him 10 million. We need the talent. I, I, I think that he's probably going to get paid. If he leaves, if he leaves Calgary, he'll get paid more than that. But teams still 
are up against the cap ceiling. The teams a lot that of teams you know, have cap space. Yeah, but it depends on if he wants to go to the team as a chance to win. Oh, hold on. Why would he come here then? Mm. Uh, Scott L says here, are you glad Panarin didn't sign here after his dreadful playoff performance? No way. I'd love I wanted him. Here. <laughs> I wanted him with Barzell desperately. I think they were tailor made for one another. Yeah. Um, the wicked 50 Cal says, Hey guys, what's going on? My meaningless scouting report is that my favorite players are Pablo Mignoka, uh, Mignakov, uh, Ditton Machuk, uh, Frank Nazar, Brad Lambert, Jonathan Lettermacki, and Ivan Mirin, Mirin, uh, Mirin Shenkov. Miroshnichenko. Roshnichenko. Miroshnichenko. Roshnichenko. <sighs> I mean, it's going to take, here's the thing. We cannot have Ivan. We cannot draft Ivan Moroshchenko because Moroshchenko. 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 God. Could you imagine Butchie trying to say that? How about just Ivan? Miri. Maybe he'll call. Maybe his nickname on the island will be Miri or this Ivy. Is, this is how TJ would say him whenever they anybody. Ivan M. Ivan, Ivan M with the goal. <laughs> oh, oh, good gracious. Uh, Drew L says, um, uh, no, for sure, Goudreau, LOL. I was saying, like, uh, that's low because Panarin got $11.5 for putting up only a point a game in Columbus. Yeah, he's going to get paid. Johnny Goudreau's going to get paid. Yeah. And oh. deservedly so. Deservedly so. Cameron with the cam says, hi, what's up, Cameron? With his dog, I love it. Sure. Um, Wicked Fifty Cal said Minyakov is more of like a Sergachev type. Uh, Matchuk is a Shea Theodore type. Nazar is like a Jack Hughes type. Lambert is like a Dylan Larkin type. A uh, Lettermacki is like a Kyle Connor type, and Ivan M is like a Tarasenko type. Lambert is like a um, Simon Holmstrom type. Miroshinchenko. 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 Miros Nichenko. Miros Nichenko. Miros Nichenko. Ivan R. Ivan M. Ivan M. Miros Nichenko. Uh, <laughs> the Wicked 50 Cal says, I really hope one of these guys are the pick. I hope somebody falls to us. I really uh, hope we make a pick. <laughs> that too. Brandon Gaines says, Kyle Palmieri, Clutterbuck, and Parise's deals are fine given the low term. Uh, they're not expendable yet. In the roles like Bailey, and to a lesser extent, Lee. Kyle Palmieri has three more years at five million par. Yikes! Did not need to be resigned. Cal Clutterbuck, two years. Why? He's finished. He's thirty-five years old. Zach Parise, okay, he was okay, but again, these are guys you keep on bringing back veterans. I realize Parise's deal wasn't that wasn't that much, but the whole thing is what it does. It also means that any younger players have no shot of making the team. It means you're not going to be you're going to be sitting. Wallstrom, or you're going to be sitting Bellows, or you're going to be sitting, you know, Ratu, for instance. I mean, stop signing the over the age veteran. Just stop it. Gotcha. Michael M saying, hey, what's up, Michael M? DJ and Grumpster. David D saying, happy 4th of July weekend, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Happy 4th of July weekend. Hopefully, we have an active offseason and not a quiet one. Yes, David, could not agree more. George P says, notice how TJ's core is three players. I don't, okay, when we talk core, Adam Pellick is part of the core. Ryan Pulak is part of the core. But I'm talking about players, young players you build around. 
That's what I was talking about, George B. I don't That's consider just, Adam Pellick or Ryan Pulak young. Realistically, you have six or seven guys. Everybody else is disposable. Brock Nelson is part of the core as much as Grump doesn't like it. And that being said, moving along. Brian J says, last place this year, book it, says Brian J. Ooh, and I can't wait for the really cheap tickets, says George B. Aren't they really cheap now? Uh, Matthew C says, I'd love to know Lou's plan. Uh, so George is saying, Grump, a lot of comments, buddy. You want well, to keep Okay, but I mean, friend. here's the thing. Something like that, it's just a quick quip. So would he. He'd like to know his plan, too. I don't think he knows it. Okay, Jurel says, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. It feels good to eat vegetables for the first time in a month. I was wondering how those early mornings. Is, oh, my God. Yeah, I got to eat some vegetables, man. You're going to catch scurvy. Come on. Come on. More comments. Michael, <laughs> I'll let you read them, Grumpy. I want Johnny Gaudreau. So do we. I think we should trade Miller from Vancouver. No, he didn't. No, he's not. That's no way. No way. Sorry. Read the comments so people who are listening to the podcast know what you're saying. David, Jesus. David DeJesu says, I think we should trade uh, from JT Miller from Vancouver for next year's first. No way. Bavillier and Casper the Ghost. No. No. There's D Cut Islanders Misery Radar. Keeps it real. No pom pom fans in our group. There you go. I already gave you a shout out, D Cut. There's two today. Drew says, I'm going to use the NBA as an example for this Anders Lee can't be traded talk. My Knicks were able to move Kemba Walker, right, who can't even play anymore, whose contract was horrible too. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. You can absolutely do it. TJ and the curve. Got to read who making a comment. From Nick D. TJ, the curve. How are you guys doing tonight? Brock Besser signed an extension. Three years for 6.75 per. I still like Bo for Brock and maybe throw in Josh. Okay, they didn't sign him to trade him. Exactly. So he's he's everybody who's like, maybe we could give. I remember people saying Brock Bester maybe is an offseason move. Maybe they'll get rid of him when you resign him to a deal like that. Three years, 6.65 million, right? You're, you want him there. State of Survival said this is a weak draft. Trade the, no, it's not. State of Survival, it's not a weak draft. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm thinking, you know, you might think it's a weak draft because guys haven't played a whole lot in the last two years, but that's where you can find some diamonds in the rough in later rounds. Say the same thing about last year's draft. Same thing about this year's draft. This year's not a leak. I, I I firmly disagree with you, State of Survival. Next year's draft is so good. That's what everybody's waiting for is next year's draft, next year's draft. This year's draft is a solid draft. It's not, not a strong, it's not a really strong draft. It's not a weak draft. It's an average draft class. Um, you get grumpy. One can only dream for his last post there for getting Brock Besser. Yeah. Um, the Wicked 50 Cal said, I agree with both of you. I don't want the Islanders to trade the pick, says the Wicked 50 Cal. Drew L says, I'm just praying that Lou doesn't draft a defenseman with a 13th overall selection. Pavel Minyokov is the only one I'd be looking to get. That'd be the only defenseman I'm interested in. I agree. I'd rather go for uh, an offensive player. Yeah, it, th that would be available, right? If somebody slips and falls, that's supposed to be, you know, surefire top 10 pick as a defenseman. I'm fine with that. Uh, Brian B. Brian B. Grumpy. First time in a while there. Brian B. Grump. My brother from another mother says Lou is win now. Problem is this team is too far away from win now. That's true. Lou will trade our first round pick. I hope you're wrong, Brian, but I I agree with your sentiment. I do. Mm -hmm. Drew Licata says, I mean, let's not be too down because this team has found steals in the third round before plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, all we're saying is that the Colorado pick is like a third round pick. That's all. Yeah. Um, John Smith said, it's all about the quality of your scouts. You can find talent in any round. For perspective, Goudreau is a fourth round pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Krill Kaprizov, what was he, a fifth round pick? 
You could yeah. find players late in the draft. Maybe was he a fifth round pick? Mm, I don't know. It. I mean, I don't know. Give me a sec. I'll have it pulled up in one second, Grump. Yeah. I mean, long story short, round pick. Just want to confirm one thirty five. Okay. Um, Jeff asked Grump. He's got a comment for you to read. The issue with this team is they are in win-now mode. However, we all know they are not near the same level as Tampa or Colorado or Toronto or the Rangers or Carolina or Florida. There's a litany of teams we're not close to. Trump, we can't it, list them all. This te- that's right. I've run, I've run out of fingers, so I can't count that many. Um, this team needs a minimum of three moves this offseason, minimum. They're not as good as others make them out to be. That's true. I think that people, Islander fans – and the media, that's their job is to pump the team up. But the fans think that we're so close. We're not. Uh, Jeremy Ford says, if Calgary wants to sign Goudreau and Kachuk, there won't be any space for Maggiapani, uh, provided they don't get rid of uh, Monaghan. Uh, I'd be happy with Maggiapani playing with Barzal. Isn't Maggiapani a restricted free agent, though? I think so. So he's not going anywhere unless they trade him. And then you're in the same thing. Now you're going to have to – pay with a trade, and then give him a contract. Sean Monaghan is interesting, though. Um, I know, hasn't he been hurt? Was he not hurt this year? I mean, but he's a guy that I really liked. But I don't remember him doing anything. I'm just confirming here with us. He's 26. Is he RFA? Give me a sec, Andrew Maggiapani. Yeah, I mean, if he's 26, he's he's not unrestricted. I'll have it in a sec. He's a restricted free agent. Okay. So unless he gets traded, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Nobody's going to offer sheet. I mean, if they do, they come out with draft wow. compensation anyway, depending on what the price is they're paying them. And um, Sean Monahan, was he hurt this year? I mean, I know he's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit there, but I like Sean Monahan. Um played 65 games, had 23 points. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of fallen out of favor there. Kind of went back. His, his production, I was about to say, um, you know, 50 games played in 2020, 2021 season, 28 points. In 2019, 2020, had 70 games played, 48 points. Again, nothing like the earlier portions of his career with Cal- with Calgary, where he put 62 points, 63 points, 58 points, 64 points, 82 points in 2018, 19. Every year that has been, dra- you know, wo- woefully, woefully underperformed. Yeah, and you got to want, I'm like, why? I don't know. 25, 26, 27 are the worst years of his career. It's yeah. weird that at the age of 19, you know, 20 years old, he was performing better than he is now. Cause, yeah. Causes question, that's for certain. Um, the Wicked 50 Cal said, Geeky isn't, or, or for me, isn't the greatest either. Uh, I've also heard his skating is his biggest weakness. Yeah, the skating is the big thing for him. Um, not interested. Uh, Wade Flaherty says, I love the podcast. Thanks, Wade. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, when did you both become Islander fans? And what was your favorite memory as a fan? I'm going to let you tackle that first. Favorite memory of a fan. I've been a fan since 1971. First memory was beating the Boston Bruins 11-9 to in the Boston Garden in the inaugural season. Favorite memory, uh, Bobby Nystrom scoring a cup-winning goal. Tennelly to Nystrom. He scores. The Islanders win the Stanley Cup. Um, I've been an you've been an Islander fan, you said since inception, correct, Grumpy? Yep. Been an Islander fan. Ooh, I'd say it started heavily. Well, 72 is when they started, but 
when that team was announced, 1971. I probably heavily started following maybe in like maybe 04, 05, like, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, something like that. And I've been watching. And again, like we went through those dark time periods. Favorite memory. It's going to just show you the recency. But it's not recency bias. It's just because we've experienced so many hard times since I've been a fan. It has to be, you know, the most recent renaissance uh, for the Islanders where they made back-to-back season conference finals. Um, you know, those are probably the high points for me as a fan. Um, Is that the Wade Flaherty? Yes, that's the Wade Flaherty, Grumpy. Mr. Jamspan says here, O'Reilly was a bad skater. Uh, Gotta think we pick Lambert if he's available. I like Minyakov as well. I just, I think you can get Lambert better later. Don't want to, you don't want to make a mistake and miss out. Um, Wade Flaherty says, Seth Jarvis, who was picked by Carolina not long ago, is already in the NHL, Grump. Yeah, that's, those are teams who draft well. We don't. Uh, it's been a long time since we drafted well. Long time. We've had picks. What do you mean? A long time since we've drafted well. I'm just saying. Besides Dobson and uh, Wallstrom, who's made the team from our draft pool in the last five years? That's okay. bad drafting. Oh, give me a sec. We've had last five years. Sorry, I had to pull it up. It took a second. Um, Wallstrom, Dobson, and Sebastian Ajo and Robin Salo. Okay, they don't. They're not regulars. Sebastian Ajo's going to be gone. Robin Salo got a cup of coffee this year. No, two guys in the last five years, maybe even further back than that. In the last five, okay. In the last, yeah. If you go even the last six years, I wouldn't consider Bellows an everyday guy. And neither is not. So it's two guys in the last six years. I mean, that's not good enough. Holy shit, that's awful. That that's well, so here's the thing that, though. That's what happens when you fill your fucking bottom four with guys that are 35-year-old fourth-line grinders instead of giving your guys a chance that you have within your prospects a draft. Or maybe they weren't like I said, I watched the sound uh the whatever they are, the Bridgeport Islanders, and they're not all that on the back end. Drew L saying, what's your thoughts on Joachim Kemmel? Uh, we covered that a little earlier. Um, again, if he falls to us, I'd be happy with him. We kind of went over a little bit of strengths and weaknesses earlier there, Drew. And I know there's comments from earlier, but that's a guy who I think could fall to us, and I'd be happy with the selection of a guy like Kemmel. That's for certain. Um, Drew L says, a ton of mocks. I've also seen the Islanders take um, Nathan, uh, Nathan, Nathan Gotcher there. Or by the Goucher. way, Goucher. what grumpy? Goucher. Gotcher. By the way, Goucher in uh, NHL 22 is a second-round pick with an elite forward potential. Never watched film on him before. NHL 22 is that video video game? Yeah, it is. Okay, I, here's if this tells you what my thought process is on a guy like Nathan Goucher. I have not done enough research on him to, <laughs> to tell you all the strengths and weaknesses, and haven't watched any film on a guy like that just quite yet either. So that that's a reach. That would be a reach at 13. <laughs> And the queue, okay, think about this. In the queue, which is a league that's known for scoring, he's a forward, mind you, played 66 games for the queue and had 57 points. That ain't good um, enough. I, one name that we've heard trending with several teams as we closer to the draft is uh, Goucher as a big two-way center who enough teams believe has a legit offense to go high in the draft. So maybe he's a guy. 
And you know what? I'm going to see what my boy Bob McKenzie says because, you know, he's never wrong. He has him at number 28. So maybe that's a little too early. Yeah. I, at that pick, I have no interest in Nathan Gatcher. None at all. But see, that's why if you if you really like a guy like that and he's projected, I don't more, like a guy like that. I, I don't give a shit. You trade back, you don't draft that guy. That's that's what I said. You trade back on a guy. So like you don't that. You, even if you trade back, you don't draft that guy. Oh, come on, okay. come, on, come on! I'm just looking at our team needs. What have we always said? We need guys who put the puck in the freaking net and provide offensive, offensive, offensive production. Come he on. plays in the queue, which is the worst defensive league, the worst goaltending. In all heavy four check, high scoring league. He didn't even average a point a game in his draft class year. He's playing in the queue. He's not playing in the Ontario Hockey League or the WHL or anything like that. He's playing in the queue. Okay. No well, way. I'm just saying if that's a guy that you know you lock in on, you don't pick him at 13, you drop down. Now you're gonna make I'm gonna have a homework assignment. I never I never would have expected the Islanders to select that guy here. So let me do some research. Um, but he's not, even when I was looking second round pick, it's not a guy that I've done a lot of research on either. And it's not a guy that immediately popped off the board for me. Pony Boy Curtis says, boys, I got to tell you how much I love you guys. Y'all go live minimum six hours a week talking just Islanders hockey. And not to mention the general sports podcast. I appreciate that, Pony Boy Curtis. Thank you. Yes. Um, he says, you guys are the hardest working podcasters slash reporters in the Islanders community. Hands down, without a doubt, no watered down bullshit, shoot from the hip. None of that eyes on aisles. Goddamn clickbait either. Mm, true. That's true. That's true. true. Thanks there. Pony and he also says here, and that the format is second to none. You actually interact with all the fans. You don't pick and choose from your own narrative. You give us all a platform. The media cartel will never take us down. That's what I like to hear. And not to mention, I doubt you guys are getting monetized or compensated much at all. No, we do it for the fun. (laughs) And thank God it keeps it raw, organic, real. And we know you do it for the love of the game and the orange and blue. Love you. Look at that, Tony Bird Curtis. Thank you. It's true. All those things are true. We don't do this for money. We don't. We do it because, honestly, we, uh, we just like talking Islanders. And, you know, I know why we include all the fans. Because we're fans. I mean, that's the last thing. It's like, oh, no, not talking to him. I mean, there are some shows where, you know, it just for whatever, you know, time constraints or whatever, we have to leave out some comments. But, you know, it's like we don't just pick and choose comments. Some people say the grumpy old man's a fool. I don't care. Put it up there. I don't give a shit. Don't matter. Most people say TJ's stupid. They're very smart people, obviously. So, I mean, but those are just the things that we deal with. We, We love the fans. We love talking Islanders hockey. And we love talking other sports, too, and doing fan fight segments and every other thing on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. I think it's worth telling everybody how Grumpy and I actually know each other as well. Oh, today? Today. I know it's late in the podcast. Oh, I thought we would do it later. I thought we'd do it. Maybe do it Wednesday. Okay. I was just going to spill the beans. We want to get it done before we have actually um, guests on the show. To kind of go through how we know each other and everything of that nature. That's why I'm like, we're going to start having guests on as soon as the NHL drafts over. And, you know, Wednesday, things could be one thing to the next if it's a big hockey day. I'm just like the, the comment, right? I think it would be fine to introduce a grump and I'd have no problem talking. Well, I th- well that that's what you got to kind of put as the headline of the show. 
Well, the headline of the show is the NHL draft. It's not that's how what I'm saying. Maybe we do that Wednesday. Maybe we do that for Wednesday. The NHL drafts the day after. Why the hell would we make the headline of the show how Grump and I know each other? I'm just saying. Okay. I think that should be a headline. Headline. Okay. I guess Grumpy wants me to wait. Whatever. I thought it was apropos based off the comments, but that's fine. Grumpy wants to wait, so we'll wait. Um, different Minds says here, McKenzie and Heskinen, Patrick and Heesher move are in above McCarr. What a year. But what what does he do? He, he goes by what the GMs tell him who's going to get picked where. That's why he's so accurate. And that's what we're doing today. Who's going to be available for the Islanders? We're not going to say who's going to wind up being the better player because we don't know because they're what? 18-year-old kids. Okay. Quick, A lot of comments. Got to keep it quick, man. You said let's keep around two hours, right? 2.15. We still have comments to go through. No okay. Nick D says double down Bob point Nick earlier. Quiet. That's what I mean, dude. Nick D says Bob McKenzie is an NHL god for the NHL and TSN. Other than grapes, Bob McKenzie is probably one of the greatest at his job. He's 100% right there. And Nick D says, once again, Grump, I mean Curve, you're right once again. Thank you. Okay, Grumpy, come on. Jeremy says, there would have been some foul scouting going on ahead of the Isles for the Golden Goose to land in their lap. Kravchuk and Hayton helped the Islanders land Dobson. It can happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, we haven't seen says, John, John in the quiet of quite a while. If not for my Russian factor, uh, Yurov would be a nice selection. And then John says, I've seen 16. Mackenzie has him at 16. Uh, Mr. James fan said, which other Islander played for the Thunderbirds? Mm, this guy named Matt Barzal did. And just like Matt Barzal, guy who's a really quick skater, guy with a lot of creativity, a guy with good puck skills. Kind of reminds me of somebody, doesn't it? And he's going to be playing for the same juniors team that he did. Huh. Well, I used to play for the Thunderbirds, mm. Connecticut High School Thunderbirds. No, the Seattle Thunderbirds. That's what I said, the oh, Seattle Thunderbirds. I'm sorry. Um, Drew S. said, here's the grumpy old man's draft analysis. Don't know who that is. Can he skate? Number one most important thing. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Brad Lambert. McKenzie has him at 16. That is. Um, Mr. James said the Islanders – mo in the draft has been to take previously highly rated players who drop in their draft year barzal holmstrom ratu etc barzal doesn't count holmstrom and ratu do because that's this regime yeah he was ranked in the 40s and 50s um uh, mr hanspan said he was rated much higher the year or two before his draft he dropped because of injuries in his draft year and maybe because he sucks that's why he really dropped Drew L said, and he okay, he also played under 20s. His he sucks. Freaking, he, he sucks. He wasn't even he playing sucks. in the Swedish Elite League. He, he blows. Was 20s, his he entire blows. Team. He's horrible. He's the worst draft pick I've ever seen. For first round pick, he's, he's abysmal. He makes me wish for Griffin Reinhardt. That's how bad he is. <laughs> okay, Grump, you got more comments to read. Drew Licata says, I don't know. I've been vouching for this team to draft Lambert since like January. I've given up on that. And with the 13th pick, the New York Islanders select Josh Bailey Jr. No, Drew, incorrect. They've already done that with Simon Holmstrom. Rogue Gamer says, Islanders suck. I just joined. Give me good news, Grumpy. Good news is Lou Lamarillo is close to retirement. <laughs> as the days grow long, as the days continue to pass, Lou Lamarillo gets closer and closer to retirement. Drew L's got a comment for you to read, Grump. Oh, Grumpy, by the way, I'm doing an Islanders franchise mode right now. Shane Wright is on my second line. There you go, Shane Wright. 
Wade Flaherty says, Wade Flaherty says here, Grumpy loves Simon Holmstrom. I can't wait until he's on the line with Josh Bailey, Grump. I think he's going to take Josh Bailey's place so the shit line continues for 20-some-odd years. Oh, Ugh, terrible. I, I mean, just they're, they're both – they are – seriously, they are similar players. Um, <laughs> Rogue Gamer says, Grumpy knows his shiz. He makes me not want to bet and light off fireworks. Um, you guys were both right last year. Wallstrom's power play, first line, a first line player. That's where he uh, should play. Mm. Barry ruined his year. Uh, Matthew S said here, I'm not happy with the Mets situation. I can't stand the Yankees. Don't give and up all even itself out. You go through ebbs and flows of the year. Apple, Apple Plus, um, is the Rangers. Oh. Um, Drew L says, this is where we get to be a more normal part of the podcast where TJ and Grump just read the comments and don't yell at each other. Uh, yes. Matthew <laughs> said, I blame the Mets. He had said division was over at the end of May. The mm. Mets are in good shape. Don't worry. Yeah. My either. They Mets will make the playoffs. Don't worry. I'm Salicata. Oh gosh. Um, uh, John A said Central Scouting has Lambert at 10th overall international skater. Guy can play, but um, he might have the touch of the Bailey in him, which scares me, meaning looking lackadaisical at times, not going into the corners. Uh, you would hope his uncle would crack the whip on him, though. All I'm going to say is if Lou Lamarillo is still uh, GM, by the time Lambert comes up, Lane Lambert's going to be gone. That's true. Lane, Brad Lambert or uh, Lane Lambert won't coach that long. Right. <laughs> he won't be here for two or three years. Right. Um, you're grumpy. Rogue Gamer says, let Grumpy read the comments. He would read faster and distribute the puck. Thank there you. It is. Snuggaroo. Yeah, Grumpy. I don't know who that is. <laughs> what the hell is that? Is that his name? Snuggaroo? No. It should be his name. He looks like a Snuggaroo. Christ. <laughs> Snugrood. Snug rude. Snug rude. But yeah, yeah, Jimmy Snug rude. Um, yeah. Um, which left defenseman target is more plausible, Chikrin or Gerard? Chikrin. Chikrin. Yeah. Um, in the draft, I want, oh, uh, Matt Chuck or Kevin Korchinski or Kevin Geeky. No oh, one those those are guys you don't want, players. TJ. I wouldn't want to touch with a freaking 10 foot pole. I think maybe he's trolling you, saying those are the guys he wants. Maybe, maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I thought you supported Ukraine. LOL. We do, but <laughs> the, 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 those kids have nothing to do with what. what it it doesn't mean that I want don't want the best hockey team. If it means taking a, kid, a couple of kids from Russia, who you know, I mean, they don't they control where they're that. born. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those I mean, kids I, don't control I, that. I find that laughable. Like. We hate the Russian people. I'm like, the Russian people aren't doing anything. The, the normal people just don't even know either. Uh, Matthew S. said, um, you wouldn't be able to get the Russian player out of Russia. Stay away. Get him on a work visa and say, here's the thing. You're coming over here to play hockey. And I even mean, if they play over there. Some Russian agents have already told teams that we're willing and want to move over to juniors to play there or want to move over into North America so it helps their draft stock. Players have already said that, and agents have already said that. So it just depends on who the agent is, who the player is. They want to stay in Russia, or do they want to leave? And the whole thing is, eventually, this war is going to end, 
and it's going to go back to, to normal or some sense of normalcy. And you're going to see a while, but it would yeah. it will return somewhat back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the kid's better, I mean, you know, unless he's out there saying bomb Ukraine, you know, okay, then I can understand it. But I mean, how many of those players are doing that? I don't see any. I mean, most are probably petrified what's going on over there. Wiki 50 Cal says, I forgot to say this, but uh, Ivan Miroshinchenko. 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 Ivan M. Ivan M. Ivan M. And a trade down scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Rogue Gamer says Sorokin is going to play. Uh, War is because Ovechkin and Crispy hate cupcakes and goulash. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know who Crispy is, but I know who Ovi is. Dan L with his baby says, um, What do you think the future is with Bellows? Third line left winger with Pajot centering and Parise on the right wing? Well, uh, no, I think uh, it all depends on what they do. They have 14 forwards right now. Are they going to be able to move some guys out? Maybe that opens a space for Bellows, or is it going to be that same blockade? Is Lambert going to give him a shot? He played well under Lambert. He certainly did. So maybe he gets a legitimate push there. I don't know. I just maybe think there's, there's so many variables right now that we don't know about. It's just tough to predict. Um, got a comment here. Um, Rogue Gamer says, TJ probably can be on the fourth line. He'd be a goon. I'd be awful. Don't put, don't strap skates to my feet. Um, Wade Flaherty says here, um, anyone who says they know what Lou is doing or thinking is lying. The guy doesn't reveal anything to anyone. Exactly. Can I just say one thing about the other comment with TJ being on the fourth line? They tried to make TJ a hot dog vendor, but as everyone knows, he eats six hot dogs per tray, and it was uh, not cost effective to have him doing that job either. Hot dogs and ramen. The sodium was too high, so I just now got. I went to Sam's Club today, Grump. I want to pick him up. Cares uh, about your eight, shopping exploits. Eight pack of ramen, ramen, Grumpy. A lot of ramen in the future, buddy. God. Drew Ellis says Grumpy. Also, my team has the has the Islanders soon to be Hall of Fame goalie Sorokin and your favorite Carter Hart. Uh, Frank C says here, fans since the inception, fun watching the team turn the corner in seventy four seventy five, bringing in Parise and Drew in. Um, was the turning point and the big goal by Parise 11 seconds into overtime at the Garden. Game three of the first round of the playoffs. Wade Flaherty says, do you think Sorokin has a Vesna in his future? I, I He Possibly. very well could. He could have one. Possibly. He's, he's a fantastic goalie who makes, you know, fantastic saves. Um, but here's the other thing. Marty Brodeur was always screwed over in Vesna, in Vesna trophies, wasn't he? Um, yeah, because he played for the Devils. Hey, I mean, he, he won Vesna's before, but he was also playing when Hasek was playing, Raw was playing. So, I mean, he won some, though. He won four Vesna's. Yes, I, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, right? He was, a, okay. Would you, wouldn't you argue Marty Bordeaux might be the best goalie of all time? Yeah, he's got all the records. Just like the guy only won four Vesnas. But I mean, I, I, mean I say only four Vesnas, but I mean, like he was when he wasn't winning Vesnas some years when he had a one eight goals against average. You yeah, know what I mean? Winning Hasek. Uh, let me pull up. I mean, Hasek got like seven, right? Yeah, Hasek was. I mean, Hasek won more Vesnas than yeah. he did. I mean, I mean, he was incredible, and so Patrick Watt too. I mean, that's why he kind of struggled. I do want to say one thing though. Um, I want to give credit to Mike Milbury 
for drafting a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, Roberto Luongo. Roberto Luongo. Of course, Milbury dumped him, which is kind of dumb, but he did draft him. Let's give him he, credit there. He didn't win in the 1996-97 season. He had a 188 goals against average and a, two, and a 927 save percentage. 37 wins. He came second in the Vesna. He finished second an awful lot in the Vesna Trophy finalist. Hasek won it. He lost out because a lot of people said it was because of the system that they played in New Jersey. And here's the thing. Hasek would look sensational in that diving all over the place when that was not Rodor's game. Not that he couldn't do it, but it was more about structure in that for him. Yeah, Hasek won one, two, three, four, five, Seven, six, I think. six Vesnas. Oh, six. Okay. That's a lot, though. Unbelievable. I mean, like, you know, it's tough to argue who's the best damn the goalie of all time when you see stuff like that. Hasek was, he was always a childhood favorite of mine. Um, so, uh, Drew L said, um, uh, Drew L says, I love how this podcast went from we don't talk about eyes on aisles to not mentioning their names. Now, just a flat out trash and them speaking their names. The plot thickens. No, no, we're not speaking any of their names. Um, I think the individuals who had an issue are no longer there. So, you know, we're not, again, I'm not going out and, you know, they, they've, had change. they've had change of who's there, right? And, you know, these are, I'm, we're talking about other prior articles that have been written who no longer work for them anymore. Um, so maybe with James, you know, things that we've, I've, I've, we've, I've messaged James before in the past. He was part, I think he's, maybe he still is part of the same hockey podcast network we were part of. I don't know if that changes now or what's going on on that front. Um, so, you know, I, I've never had a bad relationship with James. I don't think so, you know, who knows though, things change quick. Maybe he already doesn't like us. <laughs> who knows? Uh, Wade Flaherty says without question, the best Islanders podcast on any platform. Keep up the great work, fellas. Thanks, Wade. I appreciate it. Um, Jay says any truth to the rumor that Art Staple and Andrew Growth are workshopping a theoretical adaptation of <laughs> Mice and Men at the summer stock uh, in Berkshires. <laughs> I heard that rumor also, but I don't think it's true. <laughs> Rogue Gamer says 1940. Ah. Um, Nick D says, TJ, I never knew you were a hot dog vendor, just like Felix Shelberg was. PewDiePie, Grump, you know who he is, right? No, I don't know who that is. Adam Heidi, the most famous YouTuber of all time. Don't YouTube, worry. Come on, stop. The Wicked, we're on YouTube, Grump. The Wicked 50 House says, love your guys' podcast and your grumpy, your grumpy old man, your grumpy old man podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. Appreciate it, Wicked 50 Cal. Um, I also hate to say it, um, but I was watching the Avalanche play in the cup finals. It really made me feel like the Islanders are so far away, hoping the Islanders get Goudreau or Forsberg, Forsberg if they make it. Hmm. I want Goudreau. I felt the same way you did too, though. Wicked 50 Cal. I felt that we are so far away. Yeah, after we're not even close. Colorado, after watching Colorado skate circles, it, again, Tampa was banged up, bruised, battered, whatever you want to say. But wow. We are far away from both of those two teams, and we're even further away from Colorado. Where we are right now, we could just hope to contend for a playoff spot. That's where this team is right now. Is the, I mean, I, you know, I, I get, I know, I'll say it during the off season, um, so I'm not going to reiterate it here. But if that's as far as you can get, why aren't you blowing the team up? Drew L said, 
Sally, though, my tenure as the dynasty general manager is going to end. After all, hopefully, after I hopefully win my fifth cup and ninth for team total because my players demand excessive contracts I cannot afford. Wiki 50 Cal said, sign Johnny Hockey, preferably out of the two. Absolutely. Frank C said, if Milbury uh, would have done, uh, would have held on to some of the young players, the Islanders would have been a dominant team. Make some great picks, but made some horrendous trades. True. True. Um, Worst one of all time, Luongo and um, was it Jokinen? Yeah, Luongo and Jokinen for Kavasha and Parrish. Oh. Uh, Matthew said, James thinks I should give yeah Eyes on Isles a chance. Yeah, I, you know, it's, here's the thing, right? I haven't seen anything. I've never seen anything egregious from, from James as a writer. I've seen some interesting topics like are – Ilya Sorokin and, and Simeon Varlamov going to return to to the Islanders. I'm like, yes, I think they're good. Their work permits are good. I don't think that they're going to avoid coming back here. Um, so I did see that was an interesting article read. Uh, I didn't actually read it all the way well, through. But okay. the, headline, the headline is interesting. I, I'm not going to attack them because no. I only had an interaction with one guy who I'm not even going to mention his name, but he's gone now. Um, well, but, everybody from Eyes on Isles, they've had a complete turnover. Yeah. So that's what right. I think there's actual hope that, that that site actually can produce some really good content, or at least, you know, good it's a, it's more of a blog atmosphere, but talk about interesting points of view. What what they've done in the past, I'm not gonna say about what they do now. What they've done in the past, they would take information from other people, not give them credit, and pass it off as their own. They yes. absolutely did that. Yes. So and they tried to get us canceled. So, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Drew L. said, you know, if you really think about the Oilers, they won the cup in 1994 because the Rangers uh, had all of the Oilers leftovers. True. True. Ooh. Road Gamer says, I want Mario Lemieux. Bring back Pat LaFontaine, please. Um, Bob, son of Stan, says, like every pro league, it's all about making the playoffs. Anything can happen a la the Canadians last year. Yeah, but let's be realistic, right? Yes, if lightning strikes 15 times, we could potentially qualify. But, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just <laughs> not it's not probable. I'll just say that. I don't go in there and say I'm putting money down on Vegas on that one. Um, the Wicked 50 Cal said, I did see James come out with an article saying that Chara, oh, my gosh, was the team MVP which I saw some people gave him black over. Wow. I I didn't read the article, so maybe there's like some specific reason as to why he said Char should be the MVP. Um, I know he was very, um, he's a very big fan of Char or thought he did, he was underappreciated. I think Char was appreciated exactly where he should have been this year. He was a freaking cone out there defensively. He was a guy who was blood and guts. He was a guy who fought for the team. He, you never questioned his professionalism, even as a team was well out of the playoff picture. Those things I do respect and value Zdeno Chara for. And think about, you know, there were games and instances where he would get single-handedly in a fight that would energize the team to win a game. So th he definitely did things like that. But team MVP... No, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be Sorokin, is it not? <laughs> the, the only thing that Char did wrong last year was get too old to play the game of hockey, and that's he can't all. control that. Right, that's all. Total respect for him, but no way he was MVP. He was one of the worst players on the team. 
And you you remember we said that. I said at the beginning of the year I was going to try not to trash Chara at all. And you did all year long. I tried super hard. I lasted almost about 20 games. And I'm just like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. It's just, I can't. Grump. Anyway, sorry. Um, Nick D says here, Lou is on the hot seat this year. I wonder if Lou will have his job by the end of next season. If if he doesn't make any moves this offseason, that's fireball offense. I think I don't I think that the organization, the ownership thinks he's God. And I think he's gonna be there as long as he wants. I'd like to see them bring in a young assistant GM to train under him for a year and then just take over and kick him upstairs. That's what I want. He is in his 80s. I mean, he hasn't made a move in four years. I mean, come on. Off-season move. Um, Rogue Gamer says, Billy Smith was great because he was a dick. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't take any shit. Mm. I always like Chico better, though. Sorry. Bob, son of Stan, said, by the way, I've been watching and listening to you guys for the last 12 months. Great show. Appreciate Thank that. You, Bob. I appreciate all the love today that we're getting. Thank you. Uh, Drew L says, speaking of that, I debated that the Rangers and Oiler point with all my Ranger fans. They got so mad at me. It was hilarious. Yeah. I don't understand. It was all, I mean, like. <laughs> Messier. I mean, Messier. Um, Rogue Gamer says, we drafted Chara. Yeah. And the Islanders have to stop thinking legacy and just want it. Mm. Yeah, just, yeah, you got yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, Shark Sports Card says he didn't say Chara was a team MVP. He said that Chara had the best production per contract. I would say that I, if that's what he said, I would say that I think I think that um, Parise, yeah, for, for for production for contract, I think bang for your buck. I think Parise did a really. He was on like a, a vet minimum, or was it million dollar deal? He did a great job, I think Parise for what he what he came in with. I will say. The one thing that Char did extremely well was, well was play so poorly that Noah Dobson really had to step up and play two defense positions at one time. And we saw that the kid turned it on because of Zdeno Char's inability to play any defense whatsoever. <laughs> so he had to do the defense of two players back there. So, yes, and I guess he earned his money that way by accelerating the progress of Noah Dobson. <laughs> he was the anchor to Noah Dobson. <laughs> he was. And helped, hey, helped him, helped him mature up about, you know, they say 300 games is needed to get your full cup of coffee. What maybe he was around 300. It, it, it jumped him from 300 to 500 games for Noah Dobson. Well, it wasn't 500. He ain't played that many games, but it's like he's saying, it was like he played 500 games because due to how much work he oh, had okay. to do access on the ice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think for the contract, I think you could, I think I could say Parise probably, like, what did you say? I think Parise for his contract was probably the best bang for his buck. Brock Nelson was pretty good last year too. You know, I'm not a super huge Brock Nelson fan, but I thought he played over. He overplayed his contract last year as well. Yeah, he did too. I think Parise overplayed what he was getting paid. I think Sorokin played better than what his pay was. You know, what I mean, was he getting paid? Sorokin's get paid what three million dollars a year? Four Three and a half. Four. Is it really four? Four. Got a backup goalie making five. Ugh. Again. Why? Yeah, four four million. Yeah, I, I'd argue even for four million, Sorokin was just lights out. Um, Shooters Puck Hockey says, "Isn't anyone?" Uh, no, here's else? the thing. No, no, Noah Dobson was the guy who more than earned his paycheck because he's getting vet. He's getting he's getting the entry level contracts. Nine twenty five, right? 
not okay. 25 years. How the hell do we forget Noah, Noah Dobson is the player who played best for the contract he had? Yes. Per production for his contract, Noah Dobson, not even close. If I'm picking a veteran, I think who had the best, maybe Parise. I mean, like I would put I'd put him. Yeah, anyway. I'm um, going Nelson. Shoot the puck hockey says, isn't anyone else tired of lose silence? We'll be waiting without news till free agency day. Then all the top guys will be taken. Then Lou will make his stupid. We'll pay. We'll stay pat. Bullshit excuse. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I'll just leave that with a yes. Uh, Wade Flaherty says here, I agree with you, Grump. Chica was uh, was was as good as Billy Smith, if not better. The Islanders still win those four cups with Chico. The problem they had was they couldn't have both guys. You, you got to just ride one guy in the playoffs. But I love Chico Rush. Absolutely love Chico Rush. Sharksport <laughs> Hockey said, I didn't say it was a good read. Oh, goodness. Um, the Wicked 50 Cal said, uh, Dobson also could be the guy over. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's where you got it from. You got it from the Wicked 50 Cal. Thank you. No, Wicked. I didn't get over Wicked 50 Cal. I just thought of it. Uh huh. Uh huh. But granted, it's kind of cheating because the angel of a contract. Yeah, maybe that's true. Uh, John A said, uh, Team MVP should go uh, to any of the players who badmouth trots during <laughs> exit interviews. Matt Barzell. You know, that's Matt Barzell. <laughs> Matt Barzell didn't perform on the ice, but Man. his off the ice performance helped move this, this, this team forward. We heard from someone just how toxic the relationship between Barzell and trots was. It was not a healthy one. Toxic. Yeah. Had to happen. Mm hmm. Where is Sorokin? Um, bring him, bring him, her, and Fed Dillit. Filon, I don't know what the hell that means. Filet Mignon, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. I stand with Sorokin. I don't even know what this means. Uh, last season was Dobson's trial by far, playing with with Chara. Absolutely was. Like he had a flamethrower to his feet. A shark sport hockey said. Uh, they used a lot of extra skates or extra states. That uh, really don't matter, um, but they didn't say MVP. Okay, huh. and uh, MVP, MVP. Uh, David Volek, Game Seven uh, against the Penguins, nineteen ninety-three. You know the thing I remember the most about that? Uh, it was a Friday night game, and I remember Volek scoring the goal, and it was just dead silent in Pittsburgh at the Igloo. I think they were still playing at the Igloo, and you just all you heard was the Islanders yelling at the bench that's it it was like and he, because let's be honest the peng the the penguins are way better than us coming off back-to-back -back cups i mean they were a phenomenal team the kevin stevens the rich Pilon hit on kevin stevens which knocked him out that had a real adverse effect on pittsburgh it really did mm -hmm. and then but they kind of picked it up at the end and then volick scoring that game that goal on barrasso and just just how quiet it was it was great um, does anybody know uh, what the story is with the goalie the Flyers drafted in Russia? I There was something I heard about, but I don't remember offhand. There was some type of issue, though. Hold I think up, they said that uh, he was drafted by them and he wanted to go over, and they said, well, we're going to punish you and make you go into the Army. Something like that. Maybe he avoided the draft. Some, I don't know, something like that. Mikey Koloslav. Well, hold on. He plays. Um, he committed to. Looks like the Erion or the Eriotters. Let me see. I got to see what's going on. So you're saying he can't play or something? I thought that 
he was supposed to go into like register for the I don't know what they do. I don't know the what Russia does over there. I'm just but something about where he didn't go to military or uh, like sign up for the draft like here they make you sign up for the draft when you're 18 and I I something didn't happen so they were going to punish him and take him and put him in the military for 2 years so he couldn't play hockey. Something like that. I I and then I, he manly says I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. Like I said real um give me a sec i'm trying to pull it up i think he's with a new long team. story short he's got some issues ahead for, uh, well okay not good for him that's for certain um well not only that but he plays for the freaking flyers so it's a double down issue i'm not oh. sure what's worse probably Pro- the military Problems with problems with Russians authoritarian or authoritarian government. We're playing goal for the Flyers. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> we'll have to ask Carter Hart. <laughs> um, the Wicked Fifty Cal says, in the next CBA, do you think that uh, different teams could get different differing salary caps so that teams in a higher tax areas could financially more compete with lower tax areas? I don't think that no. it's not that's not done in any other sport. It would be cool if they did, but probably not. Um, oh, uh, Matthew has said he didn't enter the military draft. Okay, oh. It's Ivan uh, Fedotov. Fedotov. Hmm. Um, oh, not the Belarusian guy. Oh, damn it. This is a different one. That would explain why I wasn't able to pull anything up on it. I'm like, I'm not seeing anything on this. Okay. I'll have to pull it up. Sorry. I didn't know this. Um, uh, oh, Filatov. Anytime I think of Filatov, I think of Nikita Filatov. Okay. And I know it's not the it's right Filatov. I don't even care. Give me a second. I, I don't hope. Here's the thing. I don't think hope anything bad happens to the kid, but I hope the Flyers uh, organization goes down in flames. That I do hope for. Ivan. Oh, oh, oh my God. He's 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 six foot eight. He was a seventh round pick in 2015 NHL draft. Oh. Okay. So this guy, I mean, he's not making anything in the NHL, I assume. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, he's forcibly enlisted into Putin's army. There you go. That that's what I heard. After Something having signed, they- he signed a he signed a million dollar deal with the Flyers, and he was forced into the army. Twenty five years old. Time to desert, buddy. <laughs> try to find your way the hell out of there. Overnight, try to try to get snuck out of the country. Um. No, I heard uh, he went to the hospital today. Ooh. No. Well, Russia, Russia, out. Russia, Grumpy said. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Different Mind says, how TJ and the Grumpy Old Man know each other definitely needs to be its own segment. Can't wait to hear the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will do it this summer. Absolutely. Do it. Well, let's just do it. Okay, we have got to do it Wednesday. We want to do it before we start getting guests on. It's not going to be – here's the thing. We have a guest on. I'm not going to take away from the guest time by sharing a story time between you and I. We don't have a guest on every show. We're trying. Grumpy got a lot of people to have on this summer, Grump. I know you just want to put it off and not do anything, as per the huge oh. Uh Is Pierre Turgeon a Hall of Famer in your eyes? He should be. No. I think so. No, I don't know. Look at the numbers. I think he's the whole of very, very good. Oh, Jarell said, Filatov or Filet Mignon. Uh, Real Gamer says, yes, Pierre Turgeon got screwed over by the deep state Dale Hunter. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Dale freaking Hunter. Uh, Nick D says, Grump. When Volek scored that goal, I was screaming so loud. I didn't even notice at the time how silent it was. 
in pits until I watched the replay later on. It was so that's all I'm like, holy crap. It's, it's like, I mean, it was overtime game and it was just dead silence. Like where you hear just the players screaming because I don't think there was an Islander fan in the building. Not one, not one. I, here's the thing. Back in the olden days, you went to a stadium. You weren't rooting for the other team, by the way. None of this stuff where, oh, hey, it's all warm and friendly. Oh, yeah, our fans are going to go to some other state. Absolutely not. That shit just didn't happen. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, world is crazy. And Wicked 50 Cal said, how is Alexander McGillney not in the Hall of Fame yet? I don't know. He should be in, though. He should be in. I think so. Um, Grumpy needs beer or weed for the fourth, says Rogue Gamer. Fourth of July. Happy, oh, that's right. Happy everyone here listening to the show. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July is right. Um, I was at the Dale Hunter game, section three twenty nine. That was the last game that my dad saw live. He went with my brother, and he said it was incredible. He said it was the, the best sporting event he ever went to. And he, you know, as an older gentleman, he'd been to. He saw the Giants and the Eagles when Chuck Bednarik. Uh, knocked Frank Gifford unconscious um, in that game. He saw that. He said this was by far, uh, without a doubt, the most exciting thing he ever saw was that game. Mm. Yeah. Um, grumpy, though. Um, right at the end of the show, what do you want to say before we wrap things I up? I just want to say happy 4th of July to everyone who listens. And if you're from Canada, well, hey. Happy 4th of July to you. Happy day every day, honestly. But love <laughs> and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening this Wednesday. We'll be getting prepped up for the Thursday draft. Get me getting pumped. That's for certain. Uh, we got a little story time, perhaps. We can manage Grumpy and I will talk after the air. Um, but thank you guys for tuning into the show. We appreciate it as always. We'll see you guys. Number one, we'll see you tomorrow on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That can be found in the link in the description below, or it can be found as a feature page on our YouTube channel. So if you go to our YouTube channel here, you're able to find and say, oh, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man is a secondary channel. It's a channel where we talk all things sports. We talk all things NFL, all things NHL, all things NBA. We talk anything and everything about sports. Um, so make sure you give that channel a check out. We go live tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but yeah, we'll be covering the NFL or we'll be covering the NHL draft live as well on Thursday or first round of the NHL draft. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you so much for the kind words today. And thank you again, grumpy old man. My pleasure.